Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap here on February the 7th of 2024. It's 24-7, kind of-ish. Sure. Yeah. 24-7. Yeah. yeah, I can get behind that. 24-7. Imagine. Four. Yeah, I was going to say, imagine if that is how they decided to relay uh, the date to you. They're like, it's the 7th oh, yeah. of what? 2024. <laughs> Like the seventh day. So, in? so January? No, 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 no. No, you've gotten too far ahead. <laughs> or you're too far behind, I guess, rather. So, so, so it's July? No, 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 no. no, no. Absolutely not. No, no, not even close. <laughs> um, how's Nick? Nick's all right. A little tired. I took a mm-hmm. nap right before we started, but we're, I think I'm doing okay. How about, how, how's Quinn? Quinn's good. Quinn's, Quinn, Quinn just made a complicated meal. So she's proud of herself. It did taste amazing. And I, I don't know how to like chop things. I'm still mm. kind of learning how to get good at cooking. And like chopping things has never been my thing. I've, I, I've very much been like, uh, this recipe calls for garlic. Time to pull out my jar of minced garlic and put a couple spoonfuls in because chopping garlic is, is too time consuming. Uh, so one day that's a skill I'm going to have to learn. But uh, I did enjoy getting to make a meal. And now I know how to improve upon it next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, I, I've, I've tried to, I, I occasionally do help Nicole with food prep stuff. Um, and uh, my when my mom found out that we had a mandolin slicer, and that I was scared to use it. She got really mad at me. <laughs> I was gonna say that's that's the safety net item. I mean, anything with a blade can be dangerous, but yeah, I think it's it's a lot harder to cut yourself on a mandolin slicer than it is to cut yourself with just like a regular kitchen knife. I want to. It has to. It has to do with like the way that the blade comes into play. Yeah. Uh, and also, Nicole has hurt herself with it a couple of times. So. Oh, <laughs> oh no. So, up until we got one that was like, you know, completely like you don't put your hands near the blade. There's like a bunch of handles and you have to assemble it into what looks like a child's toy, <laughs> essentially, with all these giant mounds of plastic sticking out. So the, you can, you know, like, oh, flip the handle. So load the Nerf gun and stuff. Uh, and but it dices up vegetables and stuff. Yeah. Uh, after that, I can use that one because my hands stay like a foot away from the blade, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> you're you're uh, essentially watching a vegetable go down a bowling uh, lane. Essentially, you're just like it'll get to the end. I don't have to do anything from here. Uh, I'm not quite like uh, Mina levels, uh, uh-huh. but I, I I feel like I am sometimes. <laughs> my fingers. So no, I mean I understand that you don't want to lose any of your fingies. No, I need them. Yeah, your fingies are so important to you. As yes. has, has as has been established throughout this podcast, I believe. Absolutely. That's you know me. Every, me and my digits. Every, every time I value them. Every time Shigaraki shows up, the first thing Nick says, he's like, gosh, this reminds me about how much I love my fingies. Love my fingers. <laughs> Every time that Sukuna gets a finger, I'm like, oh, he shouldn't be d- destroying them like that. He should be putting them on his hand. Yeah, get them on ice. You could still, <laughs> we could still reattach these, maybe. What's with this stupid son of a bitch demon? Why is he eating his own hit fingers instead of confronting, you know, consulting a surgeon to, to have them reattached? Yeah. That's how you get your power back, get, obviously. Run to an urgent Claire clinic, stupid. What are you doing? Just a Yuji, and he's got like... 
15 fingers attached onto his wrist and stuff. Ah! He's like, actually, they all work, so this might have been an improvement. (laughs) I'm uh, very good at chopping things now, and, uh, you know, it's improved my love life. Let's just say that. I can see that. Yeah. Nick, let's talk about manga, right? (laughs) But I think I might have put an answer of the step as to why there, but now I'm concerned about the chopping pin proving your love life. <laughs> <laughs> you mean for cooking, right? Sure. Uh, let's talk. We have so many manga to talk about. Uh, only a couple of irregular series, but uh, this is a significant week for a lot of series. So let's get right into mm-hmm. it. We're going to start. There's no My Hero Academia, so we're going to begin right. with Undead Unluck number 193. Unstoppable. Yeah, Rocky comment was the extent of the My Hero Academia banter for this week. So yeah. see you next week, guys. Well, hold on. I'm probably going to reference Jiro sometime before this episode ends. I don't know why you would ever do that. Uh, honestly, you know, I don't know why <laughs> with, between the two of us on this podcast, why one of us would reference Jiro at all. Oh, that's uh, right. Well, I panicked. I was trying to think of a character. I'll reference Tetsu Tetsu. Then you reference Jiro. Okay. So right. uh, we start in a flashback showing how Top managed to survive his tragedy. And the reason mm-hmm. he stopped is, uh, or he survived and didn't kill his friends, basically, is he runs into a Shin, who, as we know, has unbreakable body, much like Tetsu Tetsu from My Hero Academia. Got that in quickly. <laughs> All right, don't have to worry about it now. <laughs> done and done. Um, and Top is stopped safely, and it's just like, who are you? And Haruka introduces herself. She's like, I am Haruka, but I also go by Ishin the 13th. And we cut to the present where there's like basically like a two page spread of top kind of drop kicking Fuko and blasting her through some trees. She's, you know, surviving the she's blocking the attack despite the fact she's being pushed back this far. And it really impresses Top. He's like, you're only the second person to ever stop my acceleration. So you must have like some kind of power then, just like everything else. That means you're on our side. So why don't you team up with me? Like Haruka is too much of a goody two shoes. But with you, we could be able to do all sorts of things and no one will ever be able to stop us. And Fuko's like, Top, that's not why you have a negation ability. And he's immediately like, you sound like Haruka. You're also boring. Stupid girls and their yeah. cooties and responsibility. <laughs> and their ethics for the world. Harumph. Uh He stops himself, which Fuko realizes means he's just going to start again. He uses that acceleration mm-hmm. to basically do a somersault, kicks Fuko in the chin. And she's impressed. She's like, holy crap, he already has this much of a handle of Unstoppable. And she says out loud. I'm impressed. And Top responds, you're still on, you're still conscious? Like, what, what happened? Uh, but Top just made a grave error because he made direct skin contact, or he touched, rather, Fuko's skin, meaning he has activated Unluck. And all... You can actually, you can actually see the moment it happens, too, uh, mm-hmm. very vaguely, uh, because there's, like, a point of impact, like, on Top's ankle. Yeah. Uh, and you can see that Fuko's glove is a little bit dislodged. Yeah. So it's incidental, like brushing against her contact, even though his shoe is what hit her in the chin. Yeah, that's right, actually. Uh, so Fuko is like, yep, it, here it comes. It's my unluck. And Top is just running around as all these trees are falling in his direction. And he's like, 
what the hell's going on? Why are they all falling? In, why are they falling in, in like towards me, basically? And Fuko just says, this is my negation ability. By directly touching a target I have affection for, I negate that person's luck. That's called unluck. She grabs uh, Top, kind of like puts him in a little bit of a chokehold. And he's like, fuck, she's really strong. Like, is she really just some girl? Like, what is this? I can't shake her off. And he just starts running with her on her back. And he does that thing that wrestlers sometimes do, where, like, someone had someone in, like, a chokehold. And then, yeah, you just you just bash that person that's stuck on your back for a while. So he slams her into a whole bunch of things. And he's doing this, saying, like, why is that dangerous ability inside of you? And he's like, I know the answer. You went through a disaster to get that power, and these abilities are inside of us to, so that we can seek revenge on the world that made us this way. Like, I lost out on all of my track and field dreams, and my mom is ostracized just for being sick, and no one has ever tried to help us. So I tried to live my life by the rules. Fuck that noise. It's a waste. Everyone's the same. When they're in danger, all they think about is themselves. And Fuko's like, is that really how it went? <laughs> like, she immediately calls or, him out on his bullshit. Or, or are you an angry teenager? Yeah. <laughs> or have, have you just gotten a little too moody? She says, there is a person that's been protecting you and your legs this entire time. And top, we can see the bottom of his shoe that has the unbreakable fra- symbol from a shin, meaning his shoes are unbreakable to protect him and his legs. And at this point, we see that Top has a little bandage on his cheek. That wasn't there before. There was a bandage on Fuko's cheek, not Top's. I'll bet that he's going to take that off soon, and he's going to just reveal that there's a very easy-to-miss scar (laughs) on his cheek now, and that'll be his character redesign. Yeah, to, like, time skip, everybody. It's uh, iconic. Fuko has used the bad bullet tape. She basically took a tape that she's had on her body for one month, and she put it on chops so her unluck is activated and it causes a landslide uh top is panicking he's like oh my god did i overdo it is this part of our unluck he doesn't really quite understand the mechanics quite yet and then he realizes like oh my god my mom's house is going to be in this landslide i have to go save her so fuko like tries to contact a couple people but she realizes top is kind of running off very quickly and she's like wait <laughs> i need to kind of catch up to you as Top's like, oh my god, I shouldn't have messed with her. She was too strong. Um, if I, if I, you know, if I had been goofing around, I, Mom, I'm not gonna make it. Uh, and as he gets there, there's a hand holding out towards him, and it's Haruka's hand. And she grabs onto Top, and we see that she has surrounded uh, Top's mom's house with an unbreakable sphere. And she says, yeah, you know, I made these uh, preparations beforehand in case anything happened. There's a quick joke where Julia is also there and she's like, give me back my wallet. (laughs) So good stuff there. Uh, And then it looks like they're about to be safe. They'll they'll survive this landslide. Her her shields are unbreakable. Nick, her character name is unbreakable. So they'll be fine. Um, Turns out, I guess, like her innards aren't unbreakable because UMA Beast has shown up. And it's just made a loud roar, has screamed, essentially. And uh, we don't quite know what the extent to the damage is, but we see Haruka is just bleeding. She's just ripping blood on top of top. And 
Uh, UMA Beast has entered the scene already in phase two, Nick. So you can just skip the first phase. That's great. You know? Yeah. No one, especially like if you've gotten to the second phase, you don't want to sit around and like get through the first phase again. You've already proven you could defeat it. Yeah, especially if you're, if you're mining the boss, if as much as you you can skip it as possible, you want to do that. Yeah. So we see UMA Beast for the first time. Uh, I guess not the first time, the first time on earth. And they are, uh. Uh, going through the whole thing. So Ninjas is pointing out uh, Sick was also in Phase 2. That's because Phase 1 was the tiny ones, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know if there was supposed to be any kind of Phase 1 to Beast or anything like that. Um, the Juniors, I think is what they called them. UMA Beast is just like, ah, oh, the first second I get down to this earth, I see nature being destroyed. Must be nice to be so privileged, eh, vessels? And he turns his attention to Fuko and says, I owe that partner of yours. I'll hunt you and take your head as a souvenir on luck. So there we go. Uh, yeah. So obviously we knew that, you know, this was going to happen. We saw, you know, a shooting star approaching. Uh, there was all that talk of the law of the jungle stuff that Top was saying before. Uh, but uh, I... I think we get two really cool things in, in this chapter. We get uh, Beast's arrival, where he's immediately made out to be quite dangerous because just his voice seemingly uh, bursts Haruka's eardrums. That's what seems to have happened to yeah. him. Um, and uh, apparently Top's okay because, you know, her body shielded him from it. Uh, but uh, the fight that we get at the beginning of this chapter is really cool. Yeah, uh, I love the combination of Fuko's, you know, different martial arts abilities versus Top just being this very, very powerful speedster uh, who doesn't have a lot of experience fighting someone who can actually defend themselves. Uh, so it's a lot of raw ability versus experience there. And uh, I like that you can tell where things happen. Uh, as Fuku is getting these things, you know, subtly dipped in on him. There's all this intense, rapid action, and then something screws over top with, like, her unlock ability. And then if you go back, you can see, like, oh, that's where, you know, she her skin grazed his hair. Oh, that's where she applied the tape is when she had him in the sleeper hole before. Yep. Uh, so it's a very cool first half of the chapter. And then very quickly on from there, it's like, all right, Beast is here. Let's, let's move on to that. So... I am very curious to see what they're going to do for a fight here, since so much of the fight against Sick was like, we have everybody. The whole, this yeah. is Smash Brothers. The whole gang is here. Uh, and at this point, I don't know if anyone else is supposed to be like in the area, maybe like Gina or something like that. Like, but I, right now it looks like it's just Haruka, Top, Julia, and Fuko. So. It's a lot lower. They did mention that like they wanted on Justice to help defeat some of these uh the umas but julia doesn't have that yet so it'll be very curious to see how they manage to like keep this guy feeling as like impossibly strong as six was because there there hasn't been like a specific like training arc power up or anything like that for these characters like top has some measure of control of his abilities but yeah yeah uh it does seem as if uh, we might just generally have a smaller unit to have to deal with the guy with well which could spell trouble considering that he is assumed to be stronger than sick because sick yeah. was only the 10th member of the council uh but we'll see yes so it's cool stuff uh i like this chapter a good bit but nick now let's talk about a different kind of teenage angst 
This is the angst yeah. you have when you lose your sports match. Yeah, and I can relate to that because I did sports in high school. Did yeah. you? Yeah, uh, I was gonna, <laughs> for a moment I believed you, and I was like, "Hold on, Quinn, what sport did Nick play in high school?" Nope. If you had, there was a brief moment where you're like, "Quinn, my team was in the baseball world championship for high school teams. We were in I the was Amer- on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, we were in the American Kyoshin. <laughs> <laughs> that's which is that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's just this random stadium out in the middle of Missouri that's called the American Koshian. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that there's a Koshian. Yeah. Not 364 days out of the year. That is the Kraft Cheese Delicious Stadiatorium. But one day out of the year, we call that the American Kyoshin. <laughs> they celebrate the baseball world championship there. Well, it's just America, but... <laughs> It's the Japanese High School Baseball Championships of America. <laughs> All right. Uh, Blue Box, uh, last chapter, Taiki took Chinatsu out to uh, a river, like have a quiet place for her to, you know, cry and get out all this anguish she's feeling over getting injured in the basketball tournament and her team losing and uh, she's just gotten done saying we lost because of me yeah. that's her and then we get our chapter 135 title very obviously a response to that that's not true uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we don't get that moment just yet because Chinatsu like you know just like gets kind of like works through all of her thoughts that came out into that big exclamation uh, which are like, look, I, I was the captain of the team and the class before us got to nationals, but I couldn't lead our team to nationals. And everyone did all those tough practices because I insisted on it. I put I put your family through trouble, my parents through trouble because I wanted to go to nationals and they all backed me up. They all everyone had high hopes for me because I didn't want to have that feeling of unfulfillment and frustration before. Uh, that's why I practiced every day. But despite that, and she, you know, she's grimacing and crying. And she says, I'm lucky to have people who tell me how impressive I am for practicing more than anyone else that my dedication shows and how I'm the first to arrive every morning. I, I touched the ball more than anyone else. And I was told that was a worthy goal. And I was so happy to hear that. And it was a source of pride for me. And I was so confident but I got injured. I couldn't finish the game. I never got to show everything I worked so hard for. And now it's all over. It was all for nothing. And we get this Oof. huge, very upsetting two page spread of like all the moments of Shinatsu practicing, not just from the present, but going back to when she was a little kid first getting into basketball, all the practice she has done for close to a decade it seems like at this point and then on the very end of it she's just crying and saying it was all for nothing yeah it's rough uh you as we'll get into taiki has a good response to all of this there is one of those things that like you wish like a 
a popular like sports figure could walk by at that point like M- Wait, Michael dude, don't feel that way yeah Michael Jordan what are you doing here he's like I just wanted to let you know that there's actually a future for yourself beyond high school uh, and you don't have to put all that weight on your shoulders just now and she's like actually get out of the way Conan O'Brien was behind you <laughs> he just starts yeah doing- I sucked at sports <laughs> in high school but <laughs> he just starts doing the string dance and they're like yay <laughs> Get out of here, Michael Jordan. You suck. <laughs> he should die, Mr. Jordan. I'm watching Conan O'Brien. <laughs> now he's doing self-deprecating bits. <laughs> what a weird turn this is taking. So, in the actual round of the manga, uh, Taiki gives Shinatsu a hug and says, that's not true. And he starts to you know, say it again, but there is this massive like sound of wind brushing through the leaves and the foliage around them. And so Taiki just kind of like gets this determined look on his face while he's, you know, trying to comfort Chinatsu. Yes. And then we leave that scene behind, uh, kind of surprisingly and suddenly uh, we instead check in with Kyo, Kyo, Kyo. And, and Ayame, who are at the pharmacy together. Uh, and uh, yeah, like uh, Kyo's, Ayame says, hey, you didn't have to come shopping with me. And Kyo says, so I wanted to buy a few things before the tournament. Uh, Ayame is like, I mean, I was going to come here anyway, so I could have gotten them for you. But Kyo says, I don't want to treat you like my errand girl. So, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. And hey, they're going. They're 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 at the store together. Yay! Uh, and Ayame's like, you know, this is the first time we're out together, and we're not doing anything romantic. It's like, oh, honey, oh. <laughs> just tell him, you idiot. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> in such a weird, awkward place right now. You feel real bad for her. She's really like, she's like, oh, this is kind of like a date, but all we're doing is fucking shopping at a convenience store. And Kyo's asked her if something's wrong. She's like, nah, everything's fine. <laughs> Uh, but Kyo's family happens to be in the same store, his mom and all his little siblings. Uh, so, you know, his, like his little siblings run up to him and stuff. And uh, they're like, big bro, buy his candy. <laughs> Don't you miss, be- miss being that old where you're just like, I'm j- I can just be selfish. I can just <laughs> run up to people and be like, get me chocolate. Give me cookies. Buy me stuff. Do it. <laughs> I I haven't done anything to deserve it. I just want it. I mean, I guess it's better when you reach a point you're like, I do just want candy, and I have my own I, money in a car, and I could just I go out money. and yeah. <laughs> I yeah. could just go out and procure it when I want. Uh, but yeah. there is a joy to that point where you could just be absolutely obnoxious. They like they do like a uh, a speed run of every oh, yeah. annoying thing younger siblings oh, yeah. could do. Uh, there's like an entire page which is like just that. Uh, and the second thing that they do is they go to, is they look at Ayame and say, is this your girlfriend? And I do love their reaction, which is a, ah, a classic. Yeah. 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 Uh, of course, of course they think that a guy and a girl around the same age out together. Of course they think that. Uh, but then they start arguing over whether or not Ayame could be Kyo's girlfriend. Yeah. They're uh, all like, Ayame is too pretty to be Kyo's bro- girlfriend. And Kyo's terrible. He doesn't know anything about yeah. romance. So. <laughs> yeah, he has no idea how to charm a woman. So, of course, uh, he has to go in and be big brother to be like, hey, 
Eat shit, nerd. <laughs> he throws yeah. it into a freezer. <laughs> you don't have an allowance. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should correct myself, but this is a pharmacy, not a convenience store. Um, that would be uh, wild if they had coolers in a pharmacy. <laughs> yeah, specifically kid, kid-sized freezers. <laughs> yeah. They were like, uh, yeah, that's where we store all of our uh, spit that people like have spit out that you could drink if you want. <laughs> You're like, that doesn't seem like something I would ever purchase. They're like, well, a lot of freaks come in. You never know. <laughs> that's what actually keeps us running. <laughs> yeah, actually, the spit really sells more. There's a couple coolers by the front just to keep people forget. Like, that's one of our hottest selling locations. So I'll just let you know. Um. Kyo's mother asks Sayame, is like, oh, are you the one who gave us those cookies? Because, of course, she gave she, she gave cookies for his, his little siblings to, to have. And, and they're like, oh, you're, they were so good. I like them so much. We make them again. And then Ayame is like, yeah, I'm king of the little kids now. <laughs> so, um, But there is one little sibling that is very shy and has odd eyes like their vertical eyes uh like no one in the series has been drawn like this before yeah uh so he's a little kid it seems like uh and he's kind of hiding behind their mom uh from ayame up until uh he spots something and he just runs straight past her and uh there is a girl there that the kid runs right up to and Kyo sees her and immediately says, Saki. And she says, oh, Kyo. And immediately Ayame clocks like, oh, they're way too casual with each other. Uh, so way back when, uh, Kyo told a little story about a girl who kind of, he. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Who broke his heart. And I at completely the time, forgot about this. I thought that he was just kind of talking about Hina, maybe, but it would seem as though we may have just met the actual girl, uh, in which case, okay. So, but regardless of, of that, yeah, it seems as though there is more tension going on in the uh, Kyo Ayame ship with this new element added to it. So, the it- plot getting moved along there while uh, Chinatsu handles grief. Interesting little detail. I had to double check on this because I wasn't positive. So Kyo's last name is Kasahara. So this person mm. seemingly has a connection to the family because she's, she's like there at the store with yeah, his family. Yeah. So she's like, oh, hey, I found this. And then she's like, oh, Kyo. So it's like, is she like somebody who just helps out with the kids or is this like a neighbor? It's it's it, it suggests some form of like familiarity. That adds like an extra little wrinkle to all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hey, we've got look, we got Chinatsu and Taiki. They're staple. They're good. We got to have some romantic drama on the other side. So yeah, it uh, makes sense. And uh, I don't really know what uh, what's going on in Taiki and Chinatsu's interaction there at the end. Taiki get had some sort of determination to try and do something but what is it Hmm. yeah i mean i think that's really the meat of the chapter i i keep forgetting like as i'm like reading the start of this chapter i'm like oh this is such a great chapter why is this not like my slam dunk chapter of the week and i remember it's like oh yeah because like 
out of nowhere, it feels like we suddenly go over to Kyo and Ayame on this thing that, like, I don't remember was, like, an established thing they were going to take this trip or anything like that. So it's, like, it feels very, like, left turnish that I wasn't expecting. Not necessarily bad. It's good. But, like, it's very different from, like, how intense the beginning of this chapter is. And I think what is intriguing to me right now is imagining the ways Taiki can respond to this. Because optimistically, I want him to respond to this like a mature, good human being. (laughs) There's a part of me that worries he will respond to this by thinking Chinatsu has 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 lost down her opportunity so i will make it to nationals in her place i don't think he will i think he's a good i think he's a good egg but there's like a part of me that could see himself making this not necessarily making it about himself but being misguided Mm -hmm. into thinking that he needs to like get revenge on sports in honor of his girlfriend or whatever yeah um, I do think that it might very well be the case where he will see what has happened there and he'll, you know, I mean, I think it's impossible when the two of you, when two different people that close are going for such similar things and one sees the other fail and does not in some way reflect on themselves a bit. So yeah. Like, oh, shit, this is what I might feel like if I also fail. Um in terms of how they're going to address that Shinatsu got injured and her team lost the tournament, there's a number of ways you could go about it. Uh, There could be, you know, the optimistic mature approach. There could be the kind of measured approach of, hey, look, it's not over. Uh, There is another tournament that you can come back for, but you need to, like, take care of yourself first. Uh, There are a lot of different ways you could go about it. And uh, Taiki has been a very positive good boyfriend so far so i'm hoping that that will continue to be the case because uh that's what i come to the series for is is, is for couples to make good decisions basically (laughs) yeah that that's my hope as well i don't think it is going to be him doing something uh stupid but there's always a part of me that knows how romantic series need drama and conflict so that is oftentimes where the frustration comes in when you're like, these people would mm-hmm. just be cute if they like communicated and were healthy with each other. And they're like, yes, but that's not a good story. <laughs> so it's also it's also a sports manga, and you yeah. got to have that you know competitive spirit and everything. So yeah, yeah. All right, Nick, let's talk about Kaiju number eight, number one hundred and one. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's an Ichikawa gets to show off chapter. Uh-huh. Uh, he reflects on how like he's always wanted to be there to be side by side on equal ground with Kafka, and Kafka starts going ahead, and Ichikawa covers him. You know, he freezes a massive Haiju in in front of Kafka, who shatters it and charges straight through it. Uh, and Ichikawa's like, "I'm just going to prove that you I can leave things to you without you having to worry about what's going on here," uh, and. Uh, they they go after it. We see uh, Iharu all, all, also, um, like, you know, kind of encouraging Ichikawa on from a distance. Uh, there is a moment where a really, really massive kaiju blasts some sort of laser from its face hole. And Ichikawa summons, like, all the wings together to form a massive shield. And uh, then somersaults over it and just freezes it. So, mm. get fucked. 
Yeah, it sucks to suck, nerd. And then he reflects on, like, his experience, you know, growing up in a world ravaged by kaiju. How he lost his parents and his older brother in a cataclysm. Uh, his school was obliterated. Uh, and his grandmother cried, like, every night over her lost family. And no one ever came to save him from that situation until a kaiju attack. And Kafka tackled him to safety. And he says to himself, the first time in my life, I met a hero. And ever since that day, you've been my role model. Again and again and again, you've saved me. Uh, literally sometimes, of course, because, you know, they've been through ka- kaiju incidents and Kafka has helped out Ichikawa. Uh, and so Ichikawa's like, this time it's my turn to save you. And he keeps on freezing stuff freezing 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 kaiju and he's like i'm gonna make a path for you everyone's in amazement over how powerful this numbers weapon is uh and there is a moment where there is a bit of tension where a massive kaiju attacks him from above somehow this thing ninja him (laughs) oh man i'm 300 feet tall i hope i pass my stealth check (laughs) he crit you're like i mean there's nothing he crit what what do you want us to do all right (laughs) it was a five percent chance he nailed it uh and so everyone's like oh my god it was lurking in the skies uh but kafka just gets on the radio and says ichikawa i'm taking off the rest is up to you and sure enough, the thing's arm, like, ice starts going up its wrist all the way to its shoulder, shatters the whole thing. Ichikawa is completely unharmed because he protected himself with his wing stuff. And then he just laser ice beams the thing apart. Uh, and, he th- and he thinks to himself as Kafka goes off, please go, don't turn back. For me, there will be no greater honor than that. So Ichikawa is powerful. That's the chapter. Cool. Yeah. So uh, this is a sentiment that is uh, being echoed here in the chat. That's kind of how I felt in this chapter as well, which is we feel like we have kind of been in the same chapter for about like three chapters in a row now. Like Kafka's going to go rescue Mina. Kafka's going to go rescue Mina. Kafka's going to go rescue Mina. <laughs> yeah, they, they have all had different and like explicit purposes to them. Like, hey, all of your friends are here to help Kafka. And then I can't even remember what last one was. Maybe that was the one where it was like, hey, all of your friends are here to help. And then this one is specifically like Reno is going to show off his personal motivation for wanting to help out Kafka. And all this is fine, necessarily. But every chapter has ended in the same way, which is like, go, Kafka, go save Mina. And then we as the audience have sat and watched that happen again and again. So it's it's not necessarily bad. And this is probably the best version of those ones. As I mentioned last time, I was like, I don't give a shit about most of these characters. They're trying to be like, don't, see, Kafka, all of your friends are here. I don't care about them. But like, <laughs> Reno is a significant character, and I'm glad to see his thought process here. I think it works well. Uh, I just need the next chapter of Kaiju number eight to be Kafka fucking saving Mina. I, I can't, if it's another chapter, so I'll be like, all right, sir, now you can go. I'll help you get to her. <laughs> yeah, fucking scar-eyed dude who is in the, the B-side story. He's like, don't worry, Kafka. I'm here too now. You have to be careful. She doesn't know how to handle bladed weapons at all. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but if we want to talk about an irregular series that has some forward momentum, at least we could talk about World Trigger Chapter 239, The Away Mission Past Part 35. They really need to call it something else. It's such a cold reminder of how long we've been here. I, guys, I, I tried to read this chapter <laughs> three times. Oof. I'm going to try a fourth time with you now. I just, just, they're just talking it's about it's just like units yeah and 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 earning points for units and stuff this this and it and we waited like two months for this chapter <laughs> this, no this, three months the yeah. previous chapter was november 3rd we waited so long for this chapter yeah. Nothing fucking happens. This this has been a situation where it's like listening to somebody describe the mechanics to a video game you've never played, which is like fine. Like, you know, you're like, I don't know, allow people to talk and like get their thoughts out. But then you're like, this is like a published manga that is meant to entertain me. And I've just spent so long listening to characters talk about fucking battle simulations that like I feel a part of my brain starting to like ooze out my ear and like leak out to escape like freedom finally as i'm looking over and i'm like oh i guess flying stats really do change how your your fucking uh drone dude works crazy yeah and i mean the thing that goes even further than that is when so when someone is trying to explain to you a video game that you don't play they can at least, you know, show you like footage of the game being played. And if you understand at a certain level, like the more understanding you gain from the more you can appreciate stuff that's going on. Uh, and it can, you know, look cool, even if you don't understand it. You know, you see the numbers go up, you see the explosions and graphics and stuff happen. Uh, and you see someone's like real time elation and despair when they're playing the game. There's no game being played in this. Yeah. It is still images of a less appealing version of the fights that could be taking place instead in this. Yeah. And I look, I I'm getting close <laughs> to being done with this shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. There's funny stuff. Like, yes, Akoma makes a poop robot and he's really ashamed yes, about it. And it is legitimately a very funny joke because everyone else has made like very thought provoking designs. And he just looks at his constantly and he's like, why did I make a poop robot? <laughs> That's very funny. But the fact that like the narration just keeps going on and like characters will be like, what's the thought process behind the robot you made? Like, Oh, well mine can be good at rescuing people. What's the thought process behind yours? Like, no, 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 oh, no, no. Hold on. Quinn. We're getting ahead of ourselves here. We I have try to analyze <laughs> the movement type attributes and the different things that different numbers of legs can do and the different hexes and elevations. It's so long and boring. Yeah. There's, there's, there's entire thought processes put out there. And like, I get it. I do get that there is a level 
of character intrigue from some of this. There is like a whole thing. Like Wakamura originally refuses an idea that someone suggests because they're like, I think I figured out a loophole in the system. And it is meant to show that he does have some level of authority and there is like a logic in his brain. Like the A-rankers. Honestly, if you really just want to read this chapter, just like scan ahead until an A-ranker says something and I'm like, ah, good. They have just summed yeah, up summarized. <laughs> everything. <laughs> they're like, ah, yes, know. it was it was good that he said that because it shows he's not going to take the easy way out. I need to have my four pages of Tai Chi's stupid power fantasies with his bullshit like, oh, this way attackers will never catch me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is honestly like the one thing, honestly, that first I was in infuriated when I read this chapter. I was like, fucking Tai Chi with his stupid stuff. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. Tai Chi's going to try some of this stuff and it's going to blow up his <laughs> stupid face and then I will like it. <laughs> the, the, the main thing is that the chapter then ends on a cliffhanger of them being like, ah, so all these squads with their different strategies, surely they will win. And uh, I don't even, I don't even remember characters' names anymore. All they could think about is shit. Makoru, I don't remember this guy's name, but the Miwa, I think. Miwa, I want to say, is like, no, the victor today will likely be Suwa's Squad 7. Close up on Osamu. No follow-up. We'll hopefully get a chapter next month to explain it, but it's just one of those things where I'm like, I I feel like I have learned nothing. I am always happy Ashihara creates something, but there is a level of just like, look, I I, I have put up with 35 chapters of this away 35 mission. chapters. And more, because there have been stuff in the middle just have had like different character names. I have put up with that for a very, very long time because I am waiting to get uh, Mikumo versus uh ninumiya like moment again that's one of my favorite chapters and moments in, in, in not just like manga but like fiction in general like I, I honestly a couple times a year will just load up the clip on youtube and i'll lose my mind all over again how cool it is but like i'm sitting here waiting for all of this and i'm like please please just end this we're getting close to a point where it's going to be one-sixth the total chapter count of them just being on this away mission test. There's something like, there's like a sadness that's like, okay, uh, they probably won't ever finish animating World Trigger. Um, the away because mission's the reason. <laughs> they, I don't, <laughs> like, you can't cut it out. You'd basically be like saying like, well, we're just not going to animate one-sixth of the manga because it was boring. <laughs> but like, you can't, you could never show this to people. <laughs> Um, there is uh, an expression that is popular with uh, the online people uh, today, which is uh, let him cook. Um, Ashihara sensei, please, I'm hungry. Please finish. <laughs> stop cooking. <laughs> please stop. <laughs> Serve the food already. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be good when he gets to the stuff that we have liked about World Trigger again. Because mm -hmm. we, you know, we had, we were gushing over the little tidbits that we got yes. uh, in that conversation between, uh, oh gosh, I've forgotten this, the little sniper kid's you, name. You something? And, uh, and, and, you know, Mia. Yeah. Uh, so I am sure that there is stuff that he's getting ready, you know, is in the works that's going to be good when it happens. I'm just really, really tired of waiting. Yes. Uh, so it's, it's, it's one of those things where if somebody was like, hey, I have a button, you're going to lose five, maybe more years of your life. 
but you will be at a point where World Trigger is doing the away mission. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, boop. <laughs> like, I, I've been like slapping that button. I'm like, please just take me there. I can't. This is this is actively uh, a struggle. But uh, thankfully, a series that is not a struggle, Nick, is everyone's favorite. Eden Zero, chapter 274, The yeah. Earth's Destruction. Oh, my God. Uh, so... <laughs> So the Earth. I mean, obviously, you take, you take us through this, but I just want to say, uh, as we are going through this, God, we suck, don't we? <laughs> so this is us. This yeah. is the Earth. This is the Earth being destroyed. Uh, we've we've let it fall to pieces. Volcanoes are exploding. There are earthquakes. There are fires. This this is just this is our Earth. Just in a little bit, unfortunately. Uh, and, uh, you know, the news is like, oh, is this the end of everything? And we get a scene of sister, uh, walking around a city and she's like, oh, I found a clown. He's just underneath some rubble. And she merely, he's fine. He gra- yeah, she <laughs> grabs him and like immediately the scene is diffused of any tension. Cause he's like, oh, I must be so clumsy. And she's like, that's so like you. All right. My turn to save you now. And they go over to, uh, <laughs> they go over to a, like, I don't know, uh, I guess just Yuna's a shelter. Lab. Yeah, it's Yuna's lab, but it's a shelter. All of the dark stars are here. And, like, we've known that they're going to be involved in this story. But this was the moment where I was like, but why are they involved in this story? This was yes. the moment that, like, really centered home on the fact that, None, none of these characters, maybe slightly Clown, uh, yeah. have any connection to what's going on. Clown has, you know, he, he came up with the ether treatment. So yeah. it, sure, it's it's important for him to be there. Yuna's husband uh, is just There had to be sperm guy. to make Shiki, I guess. He's got to be there. Just, he literally says, I don't really know what's going on, but Yuna's probably right. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's why he's here. Killer is there because he's Mio's friend. Friend. Because she doesn't get shipped with him in the future, so she they can't like suggest can't, any romantic pairing between them. Right. So they're just friends. Yeah. And so he's just there. And, and Mio is like apparently a really is also a great hacker in yeah. this reality too, she, I guess. She was always a genius hacker. My favorite is Brigadine, who like he's he's there and we know that he's friends with Valkyrie. But I kept like waiting for them to say something like when it was like this gathering of all these brilliant minds, like for mm-hmm. him to be like, I may surf in my off time, but I'm actually an astrophysicist or something. But nope. he's like, I'm just a dumb old surfer guy. So I don't get all this egghead stuff. And you're like, then why are you in this story? I understand like emotionally why you'd be like, well, if I could save my best friend, I would. But like. The Dark Stars have had such a long-running place in this story. You assume that they would have some involvement in this big flashback that's about, like, them and the Shining Stars and all of their connections. In establishing how they are counterparts to the Shining Stars, yeah. like, direct counterparts in some cases. And no, like, only one of them, only one of the four of them is really special in terms of, like, their ability to do anything. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's complete nonsense. This felt like a moment... Where Hero like created the dark stars to be a mirror to the shining stars. And he's like, what does that mean? 
And then he was like, ah, I'll cross that bridge when we come to it. And he's currently driving over the bridge now. And he's like, wasn't there something I was supposed to do with this bridge? <laughs> um, so they're like, hey, uh, we, 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 we just got to use the ether gear overdrive thing. Like the government's haven't allowed it, but we're just going to do it because fuck it. It's to save humanity. We think that the earth will change shape and it'll probably like start to purify itself which will put a stop to things but like it'll also go into a hibernation so who knows but the governments aren't gonna allow us it so fuck it we're just gonna do it it's to save everybody and we get every character basically agreeing and saying like yep i think we should do it this is a good thing let's save the world cut ahead forward some point again we know that this flashback is being watched by shiki and Rebecca and a bunch of other characters, but they are not here to let us know if they are observing any of this. So you just know that this scene takes place later because Ziggy has shown up on the planet and he's like, ah. There is, there is, there is a broadcast happening on a, a screen on one of the buildings. So like the implication is that like almost everyone is dead, but yeah. apparently they're still broadcasting. So. Or it's like a frozen image. I have no idea. It what might be it's recorded. Th- yeah. Uh, so Ziggy's there and he's like, ah, I thought I would find mother here, but instead I find this world of death. Oh, but there's a life sign here. And he opens up a vault and we see all of the shining and dark stars, uh, dead on the floor. Uh, uh, which, uh, specifically cradling a young baby Shiki. And he's like, oh, all these people are dead, but this baby is alive. And he, he grabs the baby and he's like what what am i feeling whose child is this and what happened to these humans and in that moment the ether starts rising and becoming grand and ziggy is overwhelmed by it and there's a big light and he sees a giant woman in space what am i seeing uh-huh think he was like looking at the bodies and being like oh one of these human women must be the mother I should take off her clothes and put her in a tube and put that in my base. <laughs> He's like, I feel like I have perhaps uh, done myself a disservice by not <laughs> putting her in a tube naked and just seeing what happens, collecting her mom energy, <laughs> which I guess technically is what they are trying to say, that mothers and mother, it's its all just nonsense, I suppose. But it is what the series is putting forward it's just very dumb. This flashback sucks and there's no emotion to any of it. It's just ca- like I I don't like to make the comparisons between fairy tale to one piece or hero's work and one piece because it's like it's not a contest, <laughs> you know. Uh, but it's one of these things you're like we just spent like seven, you know, like two months essentially in Kuma's flashback just like preparing to like emotionally devastate us with like uh, Kuma's uh, parental relationship with his daughter and then in this there's not like any details about what's going on it's just I I have given my baby I love I protect so much this is important and like it's meant to carry like the same level of like significance I don't care like I've never even seen fucking witch interact with her stupid fucking baby so this is all it's- just very annoying it's very weird when you consider how long we've, you know, been preparing for this flashback with all those various chapters that had the little snippet at the very end that showed a glimpse of this world. And 
how through all that it was like, okay, we're in this flashback now. And it feels like nothing important happens. Like nothing is really gained from going through this. Yeah. That couldn't have just been summarized in the conversation between mother and the others. Just like, why did we need to actually like see this sequence of them talking about stuff happen? It was basically the same conversation they had in the last chapter. Oh, we think if we do overdrive, then that'll save everything. And of course, we know as the audience, because they keep saying, oh, when the planet overdrives, it might take a different form. It's like, it's mother. Yes. She said that she was the planet before. We know that. So, but we spend like three quarters of this chapter with them building up to that. So the only thing that we really see is like, oh, well, how did Ziggy show up in order to like, you know, find mother and make this agreement? Well, he showed up, obviously. He planted on the planet. He found Shiki. It's also like weird time. And mother was there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's also like weird time loop stuff because it's like, well, why is he at this planet looking for mother if mother doesn't exist yet? Like in that, just that that weird way, like mother doesn't exist. The mother would have to exist for him to know there's a mother to go find, and then the planet turns into mother. So it's one of those like time paradox loops that there just always is a Ziggy and they're always searching for mother, even if mother has not actively become a thing yet. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, weird. And it feels like um, none of this needed to happen. (laughs) But that was great. Speaking of series with weird space babies, Nick. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, hang on. What's this thing called? Astro Baby. Oh, are we are we doing that? Isn't this a, isn't this a jump start? It's it's a jump plus series. Is it? Yeah. Oh, then fuck it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I legit. I was really positive this was the new series that debuted in Shonen Jump. So I was like, I guess we gotta talk about the weird space baby thing. Uh, if I don't have to, now I'm gone. <laughs> We're out. Let's, let's talk about Cypher Academy, Nick. Let's go from a series debuting to a series ending. Yeah. All right. Interesting. I was I like, it's, it was like it was mixed in. It. it was mixed in with everything else. So I was like, yeah. oh yeah, this was to come out on Sunday, like everything else. I just didn't even. All right. Fair I, I didn't enough. read it. Sorry. So. No, that works out perfectly. I truly didn't read it until i was like waiting in the the stream call and i was like ah fuck i should have read that series it just came out i'm so dumb oh well uh so it's cypher academy final chapter chapter 58 as long as it ends well it's all good mm-hmm. uh it, as we left off last time after two years had passed following Yoroha becoming the code emperor uh he is off in the wilderness by himself we get some narration that kind of recaps that Oh, yeah, they couldn't stop all the wars because, you know, human nature and all that stuff. Uh, Even with all that morgue to work with. However, and perhaps since we used it in such a useless way, we were able to avoid the inflation that Hakanaga-san had been worried about. I don't know why that's a priority if you're going to just spend it all, but whatever. So, (laughs) and they say that they probably only stopped one out of 50 wars. Which indicates there, like there's there a lot of wars going on. There are a lot of world. wars, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, so they're only really just just kind of getting started in their anti-war efforts. We get the two-page title spread, which is 
very cool and dynamic because it's like everyone throwing Iroha up in the air. Uh, and so, like, you see people like all sorts of different angles because uh, it's shot from above. It's yeah. a it's a neat effect. Yep. Uh, we can even see that upside down girl is heading upside down. And so, yeah, we get to see all of our favorite characters one last time, Nick. I, know I mean, everyone is in this shot. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so if you were curious, you're like, I wonder what happens to Quoka Edashite. Uh, the answer is uh, they do show up. Uh, they do something. Hold on. They're given a piggyback ride. There we go. They give piggyback yeah. rides. Yeah. Uh, so we leave Iroha for a bit to check in on essentially the leaders of the Cypher Academy currently. Uh, Toshusai is the first code emperor because Iroha uh, left. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Iroha, this. Iroha decided to go out and Mad Max it, so she actually got the title. Uh, um, Yukiko is the adjutant emperor, and Yugata gets the best title of all, which is Devil's Advocate. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, it's great. They they're all doing the extra poses. It poses. blows my mind because this is meant to be like a small time script. Uh, no one really looks that different except for Yukako, who like grew her hair out Massive tremendously. Like she she was sort of defined by having like short hair before, sure. and now it's like it's like fucking like tummy length. Like bravo, girl. Yeah. Uh, a lot, you know, some people did have like pretty big transformations. Like Yusamura is uh, apparently built now. Uh, she's yeah, she started out. lifting. <laughs> Holy shit! Everyone just kind of like issues, like you know, says like the stuff that they're like all working on leads that they've heard from and stuff. But honestly, it's all kind of like chatter about yeah. stuff, really. Uh, and uh, Kagoe is still working on glasses, weapons, and. Uh, as well but she's actually uh seemingly assisting with like all this stuff that they've got going on as opposed to just lurking in the shadows now yeah she's a member she's a member of the school but she's still in her own class class 3m Mm -hmm. uh they uh also say that they have been they have made some headway in getting rid of the toy guns that uh toshisai had created but they've still got less than half of them. Uh, so it's one of those things where it's like, look, they've got a long ways ahead of them, but they're doing stuff at yes. least. It, true peace will take time to actually achieve. Um, they also raise the point of like, well, why is Toshisai called the first emperor? And and uh, and she's like, I'm I'm the second. It happened in the unofficial virtual space and stuff. Iroha was the first Code Emperor, even though it was never official, basically. Um, And uh, then you got to raise the point of like, hey, so the meetup day for the group operation is coming up soon. Uh, And I do like how she almost uses Toshisai's nickname uh, uh, and then stops herself. And then Toshisai's like, yes, Taiyutan, just in peace. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I'll use nickname, sure. Um, And they... And she says, right now, the top student from Trench Academy, which was established one year before, uh, but uh, before they can go through that, we are introduced to a plot point we didn't get to wrap up, basically, which is that there is a new member of the Academy in their first year, Waun Wasurinagusa, previously known as the Battlefield Dancer. Hey, they saved the Battlefield Dancer. That's great. The Battlefield Dancer. And they're a student at the school now. Hooray. 
Um, so they keep on talking about it. They chatter over some other stuff as well. Uh, and uh, Wawun says, like, oh, I owe you all so much. And you saved, you, gave, you saved me from certain doom. You gave me a name. So they didn't have a name, which is okay. Yeah, I, I did see people mention. I think that's supposed to be the name of, like, the missing or, like, the imaginary student that Class 1A was originally supposed to have. Right. The one that they had the vacant spot for. Yeah. So there they go. They were always meant to be here, Nick. And uh, they say, also say that they can never thank Iroha enough, although they don't give uh, his name. Uh, but they kind of like exchange a look, specifically uh, uh, in Invalides, that's her name, uh, exchanges a look with, with Toshisai. And they say, I think he's probably more thankful to you. It's only because he was able to save you that he mustered the courage to see her. <laughs> And we cut back to Aroha as riding up on horseback is ambitious Yunaki Guisu. <laughs> uh, and she's still in her fucking cheerleading uniform. Yeah. I she has been a rebel for like three plus years the entire time. Cheerleading uniform. Go for it. <laughs> Hell yeah. And uh, Ambitious is like, I'm Ambitious Yunaki Guisu, and you are? And Iroha takes his goggles off. Iroha from Cypher Academy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the two of them kind of like look off in the distance where there is a war going on. And uh, they say, so what's it going to be? How would a Cypher soldier put an end to this awful conflict? And it's a seven star difficulty question. Whoa. and Iroha says, I'll draw my dream with pencil and paper. And, inv- and Ambitious says, then I'll sing and dance and cheer you on. And, she's and doing they the ride most- off together. She's in the most intense fucking uh, battle pose you could possibly do. And they ride off together on horseback and motorcycle. It's like that. It's like the one good scene from the Ghost Rider movie. Uh huh. Yes. Yes. That's such a great point. And then we just get. A montage of, you know, the other students that we've met, you know, hanging out together in different ways. Um, (laughs) Some of these are really, really weird. Like Yosemura flies a a, a fighter jet. And with with the the girl from the, the, like, the dying words class, I forget her name. I always liked her character design. I thought it was really cool with, like, the hoodie. But I was like... Mm -hmm. A character I don't know if she ever had any interaction with in the series. Um, they, they, there's like a, a bit with um, people playing like Mahjong together. Ensa's mm-hmm. uh, like one appearance outside of the tile page is uh, her dancing. And she's dancing with Waon and with uh, Omomuro. So like all the established like dancer characters besides yeah. Hiroha basically. And she has her long sleeves still. Uh, she's got her long sleeves. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, like some of them are like, you know, them like doing codes and stuff. And some of them are just like the kids hanging out together. Yeah. Like there, there's a bit where like Kubinashi and some of the others are like putting makeup on Invalides and, and, and stuff. Uh, and then there's a bit where Anubisan is just kind of hanging out by herself on a rooftop, but she's looking happier than she has before we even get to see all the teachers which all the teachers surprised me for a moment because i was just like who's this like bdsm gimp guy and then i was like just one of the teachers you've forgotten about i presume 
I really like actually the shot of Kagoe designing a new glasses weapon. It's just a really cool shot, mm -hmm. uh, the, the the angle and the way she's holding it up, and she's got the two AIs uh, surrounding her, her butler kind of one, and Dekiai from the uh, virtual simulation. And then we get um, a credits sequence. Yeah, we fucking straight up get credits. I legit kind of cried when this happened. I wish all manga kind of ended like this as a way to like recognize everyone who worked on it. Yeah, not just like the general like, oh, writer and artist and stuff, but like, no, you know, here's like all the assistants. There's the editors and everything. And uh, it's I like legit had like music playing in my head yeah. when I saw this. Because it happens over a bit where we see uh, that Iroha's got a phone on his motorcycle and he's got little icons for all of his classmates, all the people that he met at the academy. And he gets a little notification from Kagoe and it, we don't see what it is, but he, he smiles when he sees it. Oh, actually, we do see it, I guess. Yeah, uh, it appears to be it's this a picture. Image. Yeah. It's it's everyone with uh oh gosh I always forget how to pronounce this word it's uh bum bum oh god it's a hard one uh uh baumkuchen baumkuchen is how you say it uh and it's just you know like one of those it's at presumably like the post emperor coronation because anonymity has like got a crown shaped one that she's putting over Iroha's head. Uh, and it's just really cute. Yeah. Uh, and that's the end of the series. And um, I really enjoyed this. Um, Nisioisen, or however you pronounce their their name, uh, has done a lot of stuff. Uh, <laughs> like a lot, a lot of stuff uh, that you've heard of. Like Madaka Box is one of their kind of less successful successes <laughs> honestly um so i'm sure that you know if they want to do other stuff then they will uh iwasaki uh was this was like a big a big breakout for them uh and the artwork did a lot yeah. for sniper academy I... so i hope that this is a window for them to go into bigger and better things I think that I probably would not have any had anywhere near the same level of enjoyment if it weren't for how good the art was. And it's been talked about a while. Uh, this was a series with like 98% female cast and like mm -hmm. none of it was fan service. There's so many unique and fun character designs between these characters. We even got to see like body types get to be played with a little bit towards the end there with some. One of them's a bear. Yeah, yeah, like there is just straight up a bear person. We'll never really find out truly all the answers about Quoka and Ashite. Um, but like this is some of the best art. Like we talked about, I think like last week when it was just a shot of everyone's eyes. And you're like, this is like a collection of different characters' eyes, and yeah. you know in an instant who each person is so really really great stuff here for the art um and i hope uh iwasaki gets to do uh, a really amazing series next because this, this art is incredible and i want to see more of it yeah uh i we had a great time talking about cypher academy on the show i'm, a, I'm sad to see it go uh because i honestly could have done with this very extra puzzle solving series for a really long time um, 
And uh, once we got into the right mentality, I think, to enjoy it, it was a really good time after those first couple months-ish where yeah. we were like, you can't solve the puzzles. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Who gives a shit? I never want to solve these things. Do the more wacky poses. Um, Nick, it's time for us to say goodbye to one series yeah. that we loved very deeply and did not see. And let's move on to another series we're probably going to say goodbye to at some point soon <laughs> that we love and nobody else four months. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen some of the, I've seen some of the numbers. They're not great. Uh, they're kind of they're not they're awful. All, they're all right, but they need to be better. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, green, green, greens. Chapter nine to each his own. Last chapter, uh, Haku approached uh, Ro- Roland. Is that his name? I think Oliver. Oliver. Duh. God. Come on, Nick. Uh, and get, said, like, hey, can I, like, buy an hour of your time for 100,000 yen after, you know, he got rid of all his little hobby Baumkuchen. things, you know, he, knew he wasn't into anymore. And uh, Oliver's like, oh, I decline. <laughs> uh, so, it's like, oh, why? And Oliver indicates, like, oh, I can't accept payment because I'm not a licensed instructor. So he's very proper about this. Yeah. I like uh, his logic for why he's like, I can't accept any of this. He's just like, look, like, you could find information for free. All I can do is, like, practice, like, teach you stuff, like, basics. You can just do that online. You need to free. actually put your practice in. And, like, you can't just pay your way into being a good golfer. Yeah. These are all very reasonable things for him to say. Like, there's a little bit of, like, protectiveness over his sport but it's a very reasonable amount of it. Like it's it's not a you know him sticking his nose up in the air. This is like you could see a lot of athletes who are serious about the sport being like, I don't want you to feel like you can just buy your way into this. Yeah. Which yeah. So so Haku walks off. He's a little disappointed, but he is like, I did kind of think that this could happen. So yeah, all right. Uh, but uh, so then afterwards he's like. Hey Oliver, so there's a tournament next week. Uh, how about I you teach me if I can beat you on one hole, just like any one hole. I, I like I'm just you know want to know like what the t- talented are thinking about when they take their shots. And Oliver says, "Well, I'm not going to the tournament. Can you come with me? No." <laughs> so- <laughs> It's just very blunt, and I do like their 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 the way that they're playing off each other in this interaction. I'm not going. Will you come with me? No. Well, no. <laughs> um, a bunch of people who work at the uh, driving range are going to this tournament, and we establish that Mizuza is the one who's kind of getting stuck with staying behind. Uh, a girl that I don't think we've met before uh, named Kimi is like, could I stay in your place? And she's like, no, you've got a big tournament too, so I'll stay behind. Uh, Be responsible. Uh, So all together, it's going to be this new girl, Kimi, as well as Awada, who is the guy that we've really gotten the least scenes with. He was one of the guys who watched the driving match between Chikara and Haku. Uh, Kikui, Oga, Chikara, and Toto, the girl that we met a couple chapters ago. 
And of course, Haku's going. So a total of seven of them are going. And they do say, like, I mean, it would be great if we had one more person to go with us because groups are reserved in units of four. And so if we have three, then it kind of costs a bit more to play in some cases. So Haku's like, well, I could invite Oliver to be the eighth. I mean, I could try and talk him into it. And they're like, I mean, you've got three days to convince him. So, okay. Uh, So they break. Uh, Haku goes home. He hangs out at home for a little bit. And he has framed the first glove that he ruined, you know, by wearing a hole in it and stuff. Uh, And his kid siblings are like jumping it up and down in his bed, hanging out, being little you know, we got another. We got a lot of little sibling energy in this week. Yeah, <laughs> love just like what happens if you put like a little kid in a room and they just interact with people. You're like, oh yes, I've seen this and I hate it. <laughs> uh, so he puts the the glove in a frame and he puts it on his now empty shelves. And they're like, why'd you put a stupid beat up glove in your shop here? And he's like, hey, well, you know, your big brother is going to have a little bit more pride in himself now. Once the shelf's filled with gold stuff, things I don't care about having are things I don't need in my life. That's the real lesson here. Can I put my toys in here? (laughs) Yeah, you got so much room. All my Beyblades will fit here now. Which blew my mind. I was like, wait, do do little kids still play with Beyblades? Yeah. Okay, wow. Did not know that. I really assumed yep. that was like a cultural phenomenon and then disappeared in the same way. Nope. What the fuck's the bolt one? Bakugan? Is that still played? Uh, Bak- Bakugan Battle Brawlers. Yeah. Do they still play Bakugan? I don't know. I'm gonna, I know Beyblades right. is a thing, though. Google, do they still play Bakugan? Oh my god. Bakugan dead, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just says a little in memoriam page <laughs> actually the first the first link is does anyone still play Bakugan <laughs> no <laughs> like they haven't sunset the servers but there's just like a single person who comes out it's like where is everyone yeah, does want to let it rip they're like that's Beyblade they're like no we also used it <laughs> We thought there was enough to go around. <laughs> enough of that spinning top action. <laughs> All right, fine. But surely there are people still around to play hot or crossfire, right? They're like, no, stop jumping onto these shitty fucking toy games that didn't catch on. And I want to remember the Sky Dancers. Come on, <laughs> Sky Dancers. <laughs> Oh god! And there was a one for there was a version for boys. It was called Dragonflies with a Z. <laughs> they made a movie about it. Yeah, you remember Dragon Dancers, right? Uh, <laughs> it looks like they tried to revive it in 2023, Nick. In case this was something that was okay. going to keep you up tonight, I just wanted to give oh, you all the deeds. So glad to have that tension removed. Uh-huh. Um, one of Haku's little little uh, siblings. Uh, is like, hey, are you, are you doing something tomorrow? He's like, yeah, I'm going to work. And the kid's like, build this for me. <laughs> do something for me. <laughs> yeah, it's in that way that, again, little kids will do. They'll go to their sibling like, let's spend time together. So do this. Yeah. <laughs> so Haku brings up, like, I was like, I mean, building the model is like the point of it. So why don't you do it yourself? And the kid's like, it's hard. 
Uh, and uh, Aka's like, oh man, he snapped all the pieces off the sprues. So he's, that's the uh, worst. Just... You fucking asshole. I'm gonna have to fucking like actually figure all this shit out just based off a of picture. Oh, I'd be, I, I would kill him. So it gets like, we were gonna build them and show each other, and I'm gonna make it. Aka's like, I'll take care of the tricky parts. Okay. Yay! So look at uh, him. He's a good sibling. He's a good big brother. Aku goes to work. Oliver is at the driving range and he's like, he's very, very, you know, fastidious, very focused. Uh, two hours of driving, one hour putting, goes out running and then comes back. Two hours driving, one hour putting. This guy's a machine. Uh, <laughs> like. Why are you in Japan? <laughs> it's, it's kind of the thing. And, and Haku's like, meanwhile, I'm just sitting here building a plastic model. Uh, and Oliver's like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, my, my my little brother wanted me to build this model kit for him. Uh, apparently, they're all they're really popular with, with, with grade schoolers right now. So he's got to have one. Um, and uh, But he's like, you know, kind of like absolutely explaining this. And while he's doing so, Oliver's looking over his shoulder at him. And then Haku looks at him. He's like, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm putting. And he kind of looks at Waff is like keeps on talking about it, and Alfred looks over his shoulder at him, and I don't know. I'm putting when Haku looks, and he realizes like, wait, is he interested in this? Hey, do you want to help me build this? And I was like, no, I'm not gonna waste my time on that. But what is it? And uh, so it's it's this whole like kids anime thing. It's this entire franchise. It's it's one of those things where you look at and you, and you know like. This isn't real, yeah. but if I later learned it was real, I would not be shocked whatsoever. This is exactly the kind of, you know, Sentai, common Rider thing. Like, the, the aesthetics of this thing, it's, you know, very kind of chibi-ish yes. uh, as as well. It's a thing that's apparently called Mass Brave. Uh, a name and... that sounds absolutely reasonable as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, so Oliver's like, okay, Mass Brave, Mass Brave. Okay, yeah, yeah. And Haku says, why do you want to remember it? Remember that? And Oliver's like, what? Well, if you're just curious, you wouldn't have like made sure you knew what it was after you learned it. So Oliver says, like, it's, okay, it's it's my little brother. Uh, he 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 lives here with my dad in Japan, and uh, I don't really know a lot about non-golf things especially like what kids are into and we've only ever actually met a few times and whenever i'm in japan he just kind of keeps his distance and watches me from afar and i don't know how to relate to him or what to talk to him about uh and uh so haku's like i mean you could try playing video games with him i don't play video games i've never played video games Anyway, we're probably never going to have any, an actual relationship. There are plenty of families that aren't that close. And Haku thinks of something. It uh, seems that uh, he may have a certain family member that he's not close to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, that's not fine. That's 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 awful. It, it must be lonely. Like, you care about your family, right? Uh, and Oliver's like, yeah, of course I care. And he remembers back to when he was being first introduced to his, his little brother, back when his you know his brother was a newborn baby with big chubby cheeks. And uh, he's like, I came back to Japan so that I could see my little brother's face again. 
Oh, he's a human after Aww. all. He cares. Uh, so, um, Hawk is like, okay, well, wait, wait right here. And, uh, he brings in his little brother, uh, Sota, who is the one who wanted the model built. Uh, and he's like, okay, look, in order to figure out how to get along with your little brother, you're going to, you know, learn from my little brother. And, uh, Sota's like, first up is Pokewon cards. <laughs> Oh Not god. Copyrighted. Yeah. Uh yeah, if it was a Yu-Gi-Oh card, they could use it, I, I believe, still, but yeah. Uh and then in the last couple of pages, uh, we just check in on Oga for a second. She is living with her grandmother, it seems. Uh, and um they just, you know, like she gets home, she has like, oh, have you eaten and all that, and then she just starts to ask her something, stops, instead goes to her room. And she just lies on her bed and stares at the invitation, wondering what she's going to do with it. Yeah, I assume the implication is that she considered saying something about the invitation to her grandma and is held off because she doesn't know what to do. Uh, And it's it's really, really sweet. It's only two pages, but this gives a great little look into Oga's life. And I'm very glad that's not forgotten. There was like a part of me that was like, oh, no, are we just going to kind of phase her out? Now that we've kind of established Haku as the lead and stuff like that, I'm very glad to see that like her emotional well-being is still a, a thing the series is focusing on. And I really just like this exploration of Haku and like his, you know, desire to relate to Oliver. You know, part of it is coming from this lens of like he wants his person to participate in the tournament and, you know, he wants to get better, all these things. And then there's just a level he's like, no, it's really bad to, like, not be able to connect with all of your family. You, We got to make this. We got to change this from happening, right? Like, you, you love your family. So, like, we got to make this happen. I, I really like Haku's character. Uh, every week, like, we kind of just get a little bit more about him. And I'm like, oh, man, this character really is just, like, a good bean. Yeah, he's just kind of a little dickhead, too. That's And that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Now, of course, Nick, we've just talked about a series oh, we both boy. love so tremendously. Let's, of course, talk about one we love just as equally in New Sexorcist. Chapter 36, they have a shot at victory. Uh, so last time, Suo and uh, Hoshina had a very good plan, good plan to escape. Right? Yep. They, they were like, we'll go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom and sneak out. Uh, the girl that went with them uh, is scary. It turns out. Yeah. Uh, she demands that they come with. Her, they come back with her, and so uh, Suo's like, "Oh, Shiroha, well, we should give up." So I, I know Shiroha is weak because she doesn't have her shadow guy with her. Why is Suo weak? Who gives a shit? All right. (laughs) (laughs) They're both like, oh, my gosh, we can't like these are like level threes or something or something like that. I don't know what level they're supposed to be. I thought you're supposed to be a level four. You got before you got like a fully human form. But they're like, hey, these people are dangerous. Like, they're probably too strong for us to take on. We should just surrender as opposed to being like helplessly slaughtered before them, which makes sense. Uh, But this is just such like an anti-tension scene where they're just like. Our plan to sneak out using the bathroom didn't work. Should we just give up? I'm like, I guess so. I'm like, <laughs> cool. I, I think that like 
every one of our main characters is lame in this chapter in terms of like maybe maybe I should do something. Uh, that's just kind of the general vibe from everyone. Uh, Kyokatsu shows up, uh, gashes uh, up the the girl, uh, and uh, then they're like, "Oh, but Yajima is currently said, no, 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 no need to worry. I let them take care of the level three, and they'll totally be fine. Mm-hmm. They'll totally be fine." So uh, the other two girls that were also guarding them have also shown up, and the girl that got gouged like she's getting some sort of weird monstrous growth where she was ripped apart that's like regenerating uh and kyokata says don't be pessimistic they have a shot at victory okay so shitatsu and gakuro are squaring off against the monster that killed their dad uh and uh shitatsu is like wait why'd you come back to help me what about the others oh they got backup they'll be okay Let's defeat this spirit together. And Chitatsu stares at him in shock for a second and says, no, you stay out of this. And then dashes ahead to start fighting the thing. And Gakura goes, what? Oh, uh, I shouldn't force my way into this fight right now. I don't know anything about level threes. I'd only get in the way. <laughs> sure, it was my dad who was killed by this thing, too. But do I really have a place here? Oh, I don't know if I can help. I I'll, I just put her at a disadvantage if I attack carelessly. So I have to observe the situation while providing support with my support items. Like this sword I attack directly with. And no other abilities. What is his sword special ability? Didn't it like get revealed that it could do something? Yeah, he like broke Shiroha's weapon at one point. It, I thought uh, it, it did more than darkness, that. Like shadows or something like that. No, no, that's hers. God, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I, <laughs> well, that's the thing. So the series is um, a mess. So what happens oftentimes is uh, we get a situation where, like, it'll develop itself in a, like, battle manga way, and then it'll just be fucking stupid bullshit for, like, three or four months. So I've forgotten all the, like, I'm like, when it goes back to being a battle manga, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess we sometimes we sometimes do this, and I forget. It's, like, weird and alien to me. I'm like, oh, right, this is just supposed to be, like, a battle manga of some kind. And, like, for, like, seven pages, it's fine. Because Shitatsu's thing is, like, her cloak, you know, turns into, like, a pair of claws on her arms. And she also has a pair of extra hands as well. And she just fucking fights this thing for a bunch of pages, tearing into it, making it spew blood. It grabs her and is, like, trying to rip her arm off while she continues to fight it with her extra hands and stuff. And she literally tears it into it so much that it's coughing up blood. She says, I'm going to force out everything you've devoured up until now. And then she rips more out of it. It's like, cool. It's just, you know, like she beats it up and that's nice. And then it turns out that she got her arm ripped off, which she shows very little reaction to. Uh, but that's fine. Put it on the board. One more say, arm picking off. I was gonna say, Nick, this series is 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 uh, clearly an homage to Bleach. It doesn't matter. I know they've established. I think at some point they do have healing magic, so someone will just heal her arm later. This is this is straight up right out she's of Bleach. It's dramatic. Her arm is ripped off, but it will not have consequences. 
and Gakura's like, oh man, she's really strong and I didn't have a chance to fight, even though there were moments I should have helped her. God, you suck. Oh, now I'll come closer and she's like, no, it's not dead. Stay away. And uh, the, the the spirit is like crying and saying, I'm so I'm so sorry, because it's like still saying stuff of the people that it's devoured before. Uh, then we cut away to like Shitatsu's former captain and they're talking about stuff and how dangerous the level three is and how it's got a trump card and it's one of its arms turns into a massive wing thing uh, and also it's like munching on the arm that it ripped off of Shitatsu uh, and she's like give me that back uh, which is kind of crazy uh, and then Gakuro is like Oh, I suck! Oh, I, uh, she lost her arm because I'm useless. I've got to beat the level three. God, he sucks. Yeah, <laughs> just like it's your little sister, and you're like, I'm going to help you. Oh boy, when do I help her? Uh, mm. <laughs> oh, just be awkward right now. Like I get, I get logically. Why you would do this? Why you would feel like, hey, I'm not equipped for this. I actually would probably just be a detriment by being in this. I totally respect that logic. Like, I think that is probably maybe the right call the character should make. It's just like Gakuro is such a boring lead who doesn't do anything and spends so much of his time just overthinking every situation that it's just like exhausting to follow this as a protagonist. And it doesn't help that it's surrounded by more characters kind of just ineffectually doing things at this point. So like everything feels like everyone is static and useless except for Shitotsu. Who's like, uh, I'm going to like berserker murder this thing until I did <laughs> or it's dead. It's, it's very weird to see Gakuro like, because we usually see him with just these blank wide eyes a whole lot of the time as he's, you know, has Hagen doubting himself and not doing anything. And then there's two separate moments in this chapter where he gets, he like grimaces and narrows his eyes. He's getting focused and stuff. And it's while well, he's still doing the same thing. So it's like, well, why is the, what is the purpose of like, you know, the artwork indicating some sort of change in attitude if he's not going to change his attitude. And it feels like that's going to undersell when a moment like that is supposed to happen, where it's like, oh, Gakuro got serious. Look how serious he is. And he's taking action. And it's like, no, I've seen him do this before. And then he was just like, God, I suck. And done so. and done. <laughs> Bye, new sexist. Okay. Yeah. Two on ice. Hey, Nick, come on. We just finished talking about a series that is unfortunately going to continue running. Let's talk about a series that feels like it might be ending very soon. <laughs> kind of does. Chapter 18, Evangelists. Uh, so two hours after Hayuma and Kisara did their side by side triple axel in practice, uh, they got to go to a freaking pep rally for the Olympics where they're meeting up with like Olympics representatives, uh, for skating and stuff. Uh, there is a cute moment where like they, you know, they've gotten drinks and stuff and Hayuma's like, Oh, what did you, what drink did you get, Kisara? Sports drink <laughs> <laughs> at a fancy party. She got a Gatorade. Um, and there's like people that we have already seen before, like in that big uh, skating yes. uh, competition before they're all there uh, in fancy garb and stuff. And they're continuing their kind of like gimmicks of like, you know, uh, Miki and, and Joe where are doing their kind of like sort of 
older brother, little sister sort of relationship. Uh, Hayuma's like, oh, I've, I've got to go and, you know, like talk to the other pairs. I want to get to know them and stuff. He goes to try and talk to Say Hata, who is one of the two Olympics representatives, but she's such a celebrity that like everyone else at the party immediately swarms her. And uh, um, a lot of the people there are super drunk already, uh, including people that Hayuma knows, which I do like that, you know, like that awkwardness of like seeing someone, you know, acting very differently at a party because they're drunk uh, <laughs> for him. Um, so instead, uh, Choji, so who is Say's partner, kind of like more quietly comes and talks to Hayuma for a bit. And he's like, yeah, he, he, she sure is popular. Yeah. You know, like, see, you know, seeing, seeing her has, you know, really firmed everyone's resolve in terms of going through this. And, and she's an inspiration to them. And Hayuma's like, Wait, aren't you her partner? Like, <laughs> does everyone else see you that see you that way too? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> and then he just is like, uh, "I'm gonna leave." <laughs> he just walks away from this teenager. <laughs> Time to get out of here. Um, we we get you know more like stuff with like, hey, here's these characters. We kind of like just need to like very quickly get to know some of these people really because <laughs> we probably don't have a lot of time to see them in more detail. Um, and then we check in with Gisara who uh, is meeting with Katori who has a kind of thing where she acts like, like she's a little kid in terms of like how she carries herself in her body language and stuff, even though she is older than Hayuma. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, uh Hayuma's getting swarmed by people. He tries to like get away from the party when it gets awkward uh, because uh, Tora asks if Kisara has uh, any girlfriends um, because he's lonely, basically. Yep. Uh, and then Hayuma spots a new character uh, who has like very pale skin and white hair, but before he can get can approach him. Tora catches him and is like, "Oh yeah, that's 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 Mukau. He, he was this kid with a weird name, Mukau, but he's also very good, mm-hmm. Mukau." <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Um, it's just one of these things in a chapter that feels like this series is like potentially maybe on its way out. Or at the very least, it's kind of like ending its like first part of the story and moving towards something else. It's one of these things. It's like, why are we learning about this guy? Like, it's just like, well, the author really liked this design and wanted gotta, us to hang out with him. <laughs> but it's just me kind of sitting here and being like, you're not the Bible guy. Get out of here. Get out of here. Uh, Katori and I and uh, Kisara are talk a bit about stuff. Uh, Katori is eating a lot of food, and we get a footnote that indicates female athletes are at high risk for forming eating disorders because of the excessive stress involved with maintaining their weight. I mean, that's, that's good to know. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of weird gaining it as like a footnote, but I guess that's their yeah. way of. I I think what they also want to say is they're like, look, it's not actually like a bad thing that she is eating. It is a real danger in this industry. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know 
a hundred percent how I feel about it just being like a footnote in a series when it feels like this is something that could maybe even be discussed at some point mm-hmm. or like brought up in the text. Maybe it was going to be at one point. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Katori observes that she thinks that, you know, Kisara's got a good partner. Aw. Uh, Tora is still drunk and uh, taking it out of Hayuma. Poor kid. Uh, and uh, then they're like, oh, you're the future of pairs. And someone else is like, no, we're the future of pairs. No, it's us. It's uh, No. And, and Hayuma's like, God, they're drunk. And then they say, let's all dance to decide who the future of skating is. So everyone starts dancing. Uh, and uh, of course, you know, Hayuma gets dragged into it because Tora won't let him go. Uh, and uh, so, uh, but Say uh, says like, you know, part of this is because they've been drinking, but I also think that you've given them life, Hayuma, because no one pays attention to pairs. Few compete in it. It's constantly life-threatening. Domestically, it's usually treated as an inferior sport. The people who choose pairs despite that, there are also people like me who are dedicated from the start, but the ones who weren't aren't always optimistic. A lot of them start feeling pairs already feeling discouraged. And I'm grateful you chose pairs because I don't think it matters why you chose it. I want you to love pairs from the bottom of your heart. With that in mind, when I saw your side-by-side triple axle, I thought you were so pure and radiant, and that makes people want to skate pairs too. You'll light the way for lots of skaters from now on. You might even become their ray of hope. Please never change. So, like, this feels like a lot of work's being done in this speech. <laughs> yeah, a lot of work's being done. Here's the thing I love this sentiment. I love it. They're like, look, like, pairs gets a lot of shit. Like, it doesn't draw as much attention to singles. It's very dangerous. There's a short life. It's treated as inferior. Like, it has a lot of uh, opponents. So, like, I totally would buy that the community inside the pairs figure skating world, it would be like a close knit one. So even the idea that they're like, I think you've also given them life, Hayuma. Like, they, they see a future in their sport. It's just very interesting for him to be like, you've given them life. When I was like, I think Hayuma has interacted with like two of like the 12 characters who are at this party <laughs> prior to this. So it's one of those things where like, I get it in like a conceptual way. But like, this is a speech that makes more sense. Had Hayuma gotten time to interact with more of the cast than yeah. two different groups of people, basically. Uh, it does feel a little bit like, oh, here's this dance party with all these characters that we've come to know and love. And it's like, I've come to know and love maybe three of them. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I like them. With, I'm sure the others are good. Yeah, but... <laughs> with time, I can see myself even liking all of them. But uh, one of them was literally introduced at this party. So <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Oh, look, Mukau, everyone's favorite friend, Mukau. He's joining the, the party. Mukau, Mukau, Mukau. Mukau. People are going to think we're talking about barn animals whenever we reference that character. <laughs> uh, so she also joins in with the dance and then Hayuma kind of gets dragged along. While that's happening, Hayuma kind of reflects on like, hey, what if like Sora were to just permanently switch to pairs? Then, of course, someone as prominent as him switching would bring a lot of attention to the sport. Uh, but I was like, yeah, I don't want that to happen, though. I don't want like him to be the one who does that. Because say Hatsa f- uh, filed the path forward for us and all of us will keep on paving it. Uh, and uh, Kisara on the sidelines is like, hey, Katori, do you want to like 
join all of our drunk friends and dance together. <laughs> so they all all go out together, a big dance party and stuff, and they're like, yeah, we're not going to let pears become Takayuki Sora's sport. I won't let it. Yeah. Meanwhile. Interestingly, Nick, on this topic, is there a story perhaps in the professional wrestling world of like a, you know, grinding talent that now finds themselves kind of eclipsed by sort of like a movie star-esque figure coming in and sort of taking all of the spotlight and attention that other people feel should be sent otherwise, uh, different no, directions. No, 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 This is all on purpose, you see. You see, uh, The Rock wants this to happen. <laughs> the Rock understands grassroots movements. <laughs> He's the people's champion, Nick. And who are we? Who are we? If not the people. Thus... We didn't sign up to be in this war, but we are soldiers for The Rock. Uh, <laughs> that's right. The Rock sees your resistance to The Rock being a star, and The Rock supports your resistance to The Rock. Just no, wait, so- you can't do this. I was like, the Rock is part of the movement. <laughs> it's against you. It's like, The Rock understands you. He understands the common man. No, 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 hold on. That is the thing associated with the guy that we are supporting. You can't do that. <laughs> movement. Movement. Move it, move it. I'm like, damn it, I love a good chant. I'm behind it now. <laughs> the Rock One remembers when he quit his blue collar job making watches. That That's not how the speech goes, and that's not your speech. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it. It's mine. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, on the last page of the chapter, Sora's being an evil asshole. <laughs> Yeah. Um, he has approached Coach Tokoro and says, you'll probably lose some influence. More athletes will become independent, but you really don't have any right to complain considering what you did wasn't so different because it's his coach, Misao Tokoro, also known as Little Devil. <laughs> oh, no, wait. She calls him Little Devil. Yeah, Sorry. she calls him She's Little known- Devil. That would be great. They're He's like- too tall. <laughs> They're like, you need to get out of here, coach, little, little devil. devil. And she's like, nah, I'll get you next time. And she has like a little pitchfork she's stabbing him with. And everyone's like, actually, like, I know we're trying to frame him as the bad guy, but he should have fired the little devil as a coach. She's, right. not, she's not good at her job. Uh, she's responsible for having ostracized Kisara and uh, Sora's just fired her. So, yeah, because, yeah. you know, he wants to go into pair skating. It makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't drive with that. So it makes a ton of sense. Well, Nick, we just finished talking about how everybody loves a character. So let's talk about a character that we all love <laughs> near and dear to our hearts. And that is everyone's favorite. Uh, what is it? A K.E.? What, what's the stupid name? Akie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is Samurai Chapter 143, Tokiorito 1338. Tokiorito, he's riding on his two horses and he is killing people being a giant chopping people in half uh so you know the big generals in akia's army are all mustering forth being like okay this guy's dangerous we got to stop him uh akia he you know got hit by some of the shrapnel from one of the human grenades that uh toki launched uh so he's being you know given a shoulder and taken off to safety uh they um Start fighting with Toki, and he just, you know, launches more human grenades at them. It's not going well, and they kind of analyze really quickly, like, so here's how the numbers break down. 
Yurita only has an army of like 500 people, but each of the exploding soldiers kills 70 people. Okay. <laughs> this guy's got some Steiner math going on, but it actually does work out. <laughs> he gets I mean, when the, you think about- he gets to the end of it and they're like, oh my god, he does have oh a sixty-three god. and one third percent chance of winning. <laughs> like it like the when you think about it, if a bunch of shrapnel goes off and it starts off human sized, yeah, it makes sense it would kill dozens a lot of, people, of people. Yeah. It's just when you consider the force required to explode a person at, by throwing them and how ridiculous that is. Uh, so they're like, yeah, with the troops that he has, if you were to use them all as bombs, he could kill 35,000 people. <laughs> uh, and we get some helpful narration that says like, okay, look, this is probably exaggeration, but the recorded accomplishments that Tokirito had in history he had to have been basically this strong. <laughs> so um, we also get like some analysis going on from Uesugi on the side. Uh, he, he's patching up Nagao who is not dead. Uh, and he like fully like reattaches his arm because, you know, you can do that with the Elin thread. It's fine. Um, and uh, he says like, hey, so that kid t- said that if I had modified you, that maybe he you would have been stronger. Do you think you could have beaten him if that were the case? He's like, no, no, definitely not. Uesugi-sama. He's like, uh, you're fucking lying to me. Fine. <laughs> could you defeat that guy? And Nagao says, I would lose eight out of ten battles with him. All right. Sound, still sounds kind of confident to me. That guy is like a, a house. Yeah. So, all right. Honestly, I, I'm pretty proud of your confidence level that you thought you could yeah. take two out of ten fights with him. One out of five? That's not yeah. bad. That's pretty solid. Like, if you, if your assessment is accurate, I would be, bet money on you because the payout would have to be more than five to one. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Like, imagine if I had that where I was like, oh, yeah, I could take fucking Brock Lesnar in a fight. Maybe not every time, but one out of five times I could take him down. You you would absolutely be like, that's that's absolutely. incredibly impressive. Um, So uh, the trash talking guy with the thick dialect, I don't know his name. Uh, he attacks Yurito and I guess twists his head around or something or i think he might attack him from behind or something it's kind of hard to tell but yurito turns to look at him and then just grabs a dude and throws it at him. <laughs> yeah i i think it's supposed to be like he hits him in the head real hard but his head just like wobbles back like it's just not enough this man is made of fucking adamantium right uh so they're like shit we we just can't stop this guy so eventually Shizuku speaks up. She calls to Date, the kind of plain guy with the mutton chops. I guess it's supposed to be him just... cracking his deck back into place. He's like, crack, crack. Like, you bitch, you attacked my head from behind. I'm going to crack my neck back. Didn't even matter. Right. Um. So she says, like, look, if we've got, like, tight formation right now, it just makes us easy targets for all these shrapnel bombs. So instead, you should have your troops scatter and then have archers pick off their cavalry from a distance. Uh, but Dante brings up, like, I mean, but aren't they going to overrun us, though? Because, like, then we won't have ordered ranks. Uh, but Shizuka says, like, look, just leave that to the Hojo. We'll slow the charge so that you can hit them with your arrows. Uh, and, uh, yep, Toki picks up another guy to use as a grenade. Uh, but this time, 
his hand gets struck by a rock and uh, the guy um, flies off his sword. I do like how on the next panel you can actually see him hit the ground <laughs> harmlessly. Um, and yeah, Kojiro and Tokyuki have rid- ridden That guy was so him. excited. He's like, oh, phew, yeah. I'm fine. And he sees that like, tr- like charging horses are coming up. He's like, oh, I kind of wish I had exploded now. At least it would have been cool then. Yeah, this feels like it's really going to hurt and take longer. Uh, so, yeah, they're like, okay, yeah, so we're gonna essentially, you know, be, it's gonna be like how we were the rear guard with Hoshina's unit before. So their, their charge is being disrupted now. And because this is the Elusive Samurai, we can't, you know, get away from the weird horniness of these soldiers towards children for very long. Um, freaking guy, Momonoi, uh, the guy with the, you know, hair, uh, the pompadour, um, spots Ayako and is like, hey, hey, you want to be my bride? And uh, Shizuku has specifically instructed Ayako to draw his cavalry away. So she's like, uh, if you catch me, I might consider it. Gross. And she's like blushing and striking a provocative pose. And she's like 14. Like uh, it tops, uh, so yep. So this full adult man is like uh, goes after her, yay! Um, and uh, so that happens, and then uh, it's like, all right, you know, the chase is on. All these kids are drawing the attention of Tokiurito's army, disrupting their bomb attacks while arrows are setting up to attack them. Uh, Tokiuki does these very agile dodge dodges on horseback, uh, but. Uh, there's a problem now, which is that they have made themselves a target for Tokiurito, and we get Nanbokucho Tag, the man-eating demon Tokiurito, uh, and he's drawn to look even biggerer as he's chasing after Kojiro and Tokiyuki and setting off freaking explosions in their wake as he goes after them. Uh, and that could have been the end of the chapter. It could have been. <laughs> we uh, could, cool. we could have cool ended end. on kind of a strong note, yeah. Uh, but we cut over to where Akiya is, and he's getting patched up after getting his ass kicked. Uh, and uh, he's saying to himself, ah, oh, Toki is a monster. All my retainers are uniting to face him. Uh, and uh, he's like, oh, my Azuma Ebisu have supported me in bright and beautiful display of loyalty. He's acting like he's proud of them for a second. They're like, yes, yes, so leave the rest of them. No, I'm the main character. I am. I'm important. I'm the most important character in this time skip. I have to go and fight. Yes. Okay. So, Nick, it doesn't sound like we particularly enjoyed this chapter. But you know what I think we will enjoy? Akane Vanashi Story 96. It's just Rakugo. It's just Rakugo. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was such a chapter. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Toru has shown up to talk to Tizen, who, of course, is having a crisis of you know what what should he do in this moment he's just been instructed by zensho to not even consider uh, you know uh promoting akane or you know uh, recommending her for promotion at least uh and she Toru has come to see him he greeted greet him as Shin, as shinta and he says shinta arakawa is dead i'm toru osaki i'm just a regular old concrete salesman and I am alive. He's like, look, I know I've had to be very dramatic for a little bit here. Like, I had to be like, Shinta Arakawa is dead. To be clear, though, I am alive. That's kind of just like 
dramatic prose. Yeah. I'm fine. He, he talked about how, like, the, when he saw Chocho the previous year, he's like, oh, my God, you're alive. So it's like, yeah, I'm alive. I'm fine. He's I have like, a job. I'm a- <laughs> he's like, look, I get it. I guess by the way things went, it kind of seems like I could be dead. And the story kind of framed it that way for a while. I am still alive. I'm actually doing great. <laughs> Uh, and he says that, yeah, he's had to be away from Tokyo until just this morning because he's got that concrete job. Uh, but Tyson looks at him and he's quiet again. He doesn't say anything. So, you know, Toru keeps on talking. He says, like, you, you obviously want to know why I'm here. And I'm just killing time before the show begins. And I kind of just had a hunch you'd be here. I know we haven't seen each other in a long time. But you don't have to put on such a grave expression. But... I guess I don't blame you because I hear you think that my expulsion was your fault. And we see that after Shinta was expelled from the school, Taizen went to Zensho and tried to argue his case. Uh, and Zensho's like, no, the expulsion's final. No. But Taizen says, like, he expelled Shinta, who wasn't even his direct pupil. That's not fair. To have your future as a Rakugoka taken away like this. And he thinks about how, you know, when they were drinking together, Toru had ambitions. You know, he's like, I want to inherit Shikuma, uh, which is being built up as this very important thing. Uh, and Taiza's like, this, no, is there anything I can do to get him reinstated? Please speak with Mastery Show. And Zencho's like, you hardly ever talk, and now you're talking all the, about, about this stuff. Well, you know what? Fine. This all happened because of you. You were the only person in Arakawa to advance to Shinuchi last year. And unlike that young fella in the Kanjakute, talking about Chocho, you're not making a splash. Nobody's buying. That is why Isho came to the decision he did. He said, we don't need people like you who are Shinuchi in name only. You get it, Taizen? This whole expulsion controversy is your fault. Aww. What a dick. Yeah, it's really like cementing like, yo, fuck this fucking Afro guy. I I hope you fucking fall and hurt yourself. Isho is allowed to have like final boss cool villain with a point energy this guy's just an asshole <laughs> yeah. this, this is just a dickhead it makes sense uh, though because he is meant to be the grander antagonist of this sort of little arc where it's like right. oh will Tenzin defy his master and give Akane his recommendation etc etc Tyson probably doesn't say any of this to, to Toru uh, because you know he, he hardly yeah. ever talks but Toru gets the point anyway, and he just shakes his head, and he's like, you're taking this too seriously, and so is my daughter. It's just Rakugo. I have regrets, sure, but I can't dwell on the past. It didn't ruin my life, and he thinks of his, his wife yeah, yeah. and his daughter. He's like, I have a fucking great wife and an awesome daughter. Like, my life is not bad. Yeah, he's like, look, I'm going in a different direction, but I'm still moving forward. If you feel pity for me, it's a wasted gesture. And then uh, he looks at his watch and is like, oh, look at the time. Come this, on, let's go to the hall. This is a great candidate for speech of the year. Uh, just, I, I, it, it means a lot, I think. I know we're in manga, so we have to sit here and dwell upon uh, like uh, nonsense sometimes. 
uh like we have to kind of sit here and be like yes it's rakugo this is a series of this, but it is nice to have a character who could show up to kind of cut through you know the artifice that we have to build a series upon and just be like everyone here is taking this too seriously it's rakugo my life was not ruined because i was expelled i'm still doing okay like please do not use me as the justification for your revenge quest i'm doing great right. it's very very bold too considering that rakugo is something that i'm sure like not everyone is interested to read a story about so yeah it's nice to see that the story is at a point now where it's like an established series and a character can just say it's like it's not that important guys <laughs> This is not like something you can really do in the first chapter of this story. Yeah, we had to um, we have to spend some time seeing Akane be like, "I have to do this. I have to." For like, we have his her dad actually show up to be like, "You know, actually doing just fine." I yeah. please don't let please don't get too harsh on this. Yeah, Tizen does start to say something, but Toru says uh, he cuts him off and says, "Hey, what more can you ask for?" When your troubles are heavy, putting on a smile is the best thing you can do to improve your mood. And Tyson does give a little smile, and he says, you haven't changed. And, uh, yeah. And Tori says, yeah, I guess not. Whether I'm a Rakugoka or a company salesman, I'm still me. Aw. Yeah. But, of course, there is still the matter of, like, oh, they've got to get there. Uh, and there's only five minutes until Akane's opening act uh, she's like getting herself hyped up. She's like doing some stretches, and Asuka starts to ask, "Hey, are you okay?" But she holds up a hand and is like, "Nothing to worry about. The most important thing is that this event is a success. You've got to worry about yourself. You're the headliner." And Asuka, you know, he's, he, he's, he understands. Like, I mean, there's no way she's fine, but you know, he's. They're like, "Yeah, all right, let's kick some ass." He, he starts to you know get his. His kohai hyped up and, and everything. Uh, but then at just that moment, Tizen shows up. He is escorted in. Uh, Chocho comes up to him immediately and starts to tear into him like, where have you been? Uh, and then uh, Toru is there with him. And uh, Chocho is shocked and confused for a second. And he you know, realizes that whenever they would hang out together, Toru was always the mediator yeah. between the two of them. And so Chocho's like, I guess this is your role, huh? And uh, then he, he does, you know, continue to scold Tizen a little bit. Uh, but um, Akane and Asuka are watching this from the sidelines, and Akane's like, ah, so the reason Master Tizen is here on time is because Dad brought him? And she meets eyes with her dad, who looks away and he's like yeah i've got a i've got a head for the seats but before he goes he says that kimono really suits you now oh it's and so like, fucking cute like akane like starts to lose it for just a second and, i was you know, her literally i was her in this moment he says that kimono looks so cute and it's like so fucking come on I, I have things to do today <laughs> and she's gonna go on the stage yeah i was like i have like, stuff to do fuck. wiping the tears out yeah and, and chocho's like so, all right come on we gotta do this let's it's time for the fun of rakugo to begin so 
Uh, happy times now. Let's do it. Uh, it's Asagao's big promotion. It's been built up as it's going to be a big thing in the Rakugo world. Uh, there's going to be some fallout from this now. Wow. Uh, and we will get to see what that is. But first, we're going to get to see how this Tanuki Dice performance of Akane has turned out. And I'm yeah. hyped for that. So this is this is really, really good shit. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see. Uh, it's because it seems like between what Chocho gave as a recommendation for Akane and then what Toru kind of says in this chapter, uh, that like Rakugo should be kind of fun. Like you're taking this too seriously, Akane. And I'm very curious to see how her betrayal kind of captures her letting go of it a little bit. I think it's it's just so cool and important that Toru is here and she gets to kind of be and like perform live for her dad. Like she's technically done it before. We know he's seen some of her streams, but like to see him in the audience and everything like that, yeah. there's like a lot of emotional build up here that I'm very excited for. And there's just like a lot of cool story beats going on. They're they're kind of nailing the fact that there's a lot of different characters here. As I mentioned earlier, like we're creating a much larger antagonist to deal with in the the Afro guy. So it's like, hey, what's you know, deal with Gen Show? Like we have to like do this great performance, but know that there's like a dickhead who is going to try to use like rank and tradition to make it so it won't happen. And it just, it's compelling. And I, I'm, I'm enjoying every second of it so far. Absolutely. But Nick, Our- we got to experience the love of a father to a daughter. So let's do it one more time with one piece chapter 1106 on your side. Robin's giving this crocodile a cute outfit. I agree. Yeah. That is, that is a cute outfit. Look at how tiny his, his legs are. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But look how big his tail is. You know? Absolutely. He, does, he's, he skips leg day, doesn't skip tail day. That's right. So we open with sort of a follow-up to the, the cliffhanger of last week of the Marines saying, oh, look at them. Uh, it's just, oh, rather, this is the people on the boat saying, look at them going at it, just like the paper mm-hmm. said, but it's the shadow of this boat approaching. However, Nick, this does not look like Blackbeard's no. log ship. Interesting. Uh, on the island itself, Luffy, full of food, has decided to digest all of the food. <laughs> He just he just figured it out so <laughs> all down. Uh, he goes into gear five immediately. Uh, all the marines are like, oh, let's just capture him. Let's let's put the handcuffs on him. Let's just do it now. Um, he does like the Roger Rabbit thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it looks like they don't even get the chance because the Buster Call is interrupting everything. There's like a one, two, kaboom, and then you know we don't really see. Uh, but we then move over to the cliffhanger before, which is Kuma, Bonnie, Frankie, and Atlas are all falling from the sky. And St. Saturn has given out the order to the pacifistas to just destroy this family, to specifically target Kuma and Bonnie and kill them. So that I may appreciate the delicious irony of it all. Yeah. <laughs> Those poor fucking humble fools or fallied fools. Those poor people. Yeah, those jerks. Note to self, think of better insults. Note to self, pay people to make better insults for me. Note to self, make them do that, then kill them. (laughs) So that no one will know I can't think of snappy insults. (laughs) 
Hey there, you bitches. <laughs> no, like, actually, not bad, Mr. Saturn. Here's, here's ten berries for that. Stab some of the you know, sir, you don't have to hand them the berries if you're just going to kill them anyway. No, I want to feel like I, I really got the one over. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the pacifistas are going to kill Bonnie and, and Kuva. Uh, we can see Sanji skywalking up to try to help, but it's not going to happen in time. Uh, and Bonnie notices that all these Kumas... All these robots built to look exactly like her father are fire are like aiming. They have a big beam about to shoot at her. And she just shouts out, don't shoot well, us, daddy. Help Atlas, us. Atlas oh. uh, tells her. Oh, oh, Atlas says something. Sorry. Yes, I, I missed that part. Uh, so Atlas says something to, to Bonnie. So she says, don't shoot us, daddy. Help us escape this island. And... We see that the the waves reach the the ears of the pacifistas. The Marines are like, "Did you hear something?" They're like, "Nah, all these explosions, you couldn't hear anything." Uh, and then all the pacifistas turn and just start open firing on the Marines. <laughs> the ships blowing up. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, we get like a two page spread of the pacifistas just blowing up the navy ships in the area, and Vegapunk. Uh, continues his thought from last time about Savonva in the back of his head was seeing Bonnie killed by the father he lo- she loved so much. And if you were to harm the daughter you love so much, Kuma, it would be a tragedy beyond compare. Therefore, I inserted a directive into each unit made to look like Kuma that even against the highest authority in the world, if they were to command it, even if the entire world should be your enemy, understand this, Bonnie. Kuma will always be on your side. And that is just a selfish wish of mine. And it means, and we see this, like, you know, this uh, montage of people reacting to all this happening as the, the pacifistas are firing and Bonnie and Kuma are kind of looking on at all this. And then we turn the page and Vegapunk has been stabbed and paled through the chest by St. Saturn. And he says, I know what happens next. That there are consequences to my actions. Uh, we don't see St. Saturn really say anything. We just see in his eyes a glare that lets him know immediately. Yeah. He's like, you fucking piece of shit. Yeah, he is. There are veins on his head. He is very, very angry. Uh, which, yeah, fuck that guy. So, yes. He is furious. Um, characters are, of course, reacting to the fact that Vegapunk has just been impaled. Uh, but St. Saturn just says, eliminate them, Borsalino, now. And Borsalino fires off all of his laser beams, and the characters are just being bombarded with them. Though there is an interesting note that Sanji is actually deflecting uh, one with his foot. So just showing Sanji's level of power in comparison to Borsalino. He's able to block this, but unfortunately there are so many he can't protect everybody. Um, Borsalino just flies straight up, pulls out his sword. He's like, "Uh, I'm going to cut you two in half, (laughs) Bonnie and Kuma, but don't worry, it won't hurt. Uh, But before he can do that, boom, Luffy, gear five, punches, sends him flying. (laughs) 
And of course, Luffy is doing his Gear 5 thing. He is laughing so high. He's he's so happy right now. He has full tummy, full power. He's having fun. The ground is bouncing. Marines all outside the island are like, why does it seem like the island's shaking? And then like someone else is like, shut up! The pacifistas are killing us! <laughs> uh, we s- uh, Sorry? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, Vegapunk does seem like he is dying right now, so it's still not, like, all that great, but there is so much that happens in the last four pages. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm going to try to go through this uh, panel by panel, basically. Uh, Bonnie runs up to Vegapunk, and she's like, Vegapunk, you have to come with us. They'll kill you. Also, you're just dying now. We should get you medical attention, but, like, you have to come with us. We cut over to the robot that has been underneath this island or at like the the kind of like below part of it and we hear the music and we see the robot's eyes lighting up again but now it comes with a creak as if the robot is moving vegapunk says that this rhythm as we briefly flash back to the connection that bonnie and kuma have had where her dad taught her about nika and was you know doing his dance to the the drums of liberation Vegapunk says, you didn't realize it, Bonnie, and I couldn't be sure until I saw it for myself. But the very same straw hat Luffy that Kuma had his eyes on was Nika, the sun god. Kuma was right. The buster call is futile. For centuries, people all over this world have been waiting for him. Yep. Cut. To the northeast coast of Egghead. I saw that smile, Nick. I feel like I know the energy that's about to come. A huge, huge ship. Some might even say gigantic. Starts to overshadow the Navy. And they say, it's them, all right. I thought they fell apart over a hundred years ago. Why are they here? And... There are fires against them. They're, they're trying to attack, but it doesn't matter as we are reintroduced to Dory and Brogy, Nick. The giant pirates are here to pick up Straw Hat, or should they say the Sun God? Uh, yeah, and each of them immediately destroys a Navy ship yeah. <laughs> very easily. Fuck yeah, the giants are here! <laughs> Nick... Has said many times, this is when you really got into One Piece, is during the little garden arc. And Dory and Broggy are here to save the day? We'll see. They're Uh, definitely here to aid the Straw Hats, though. Yes. uh, I I don't know if I could describe how excited I was in the last couple of pages of this chapter, because it's just so much stuff happens on a row. Luffy comes back he's got he's in gear five and he starts seemingly to have like what it looks like is going to be his big fight and this is going to be against kizaru that's what it looks like right now because he's already had some exchanges with him and he goes back to punching him and stuff the freaking robot starts moving uh bonnie sees luffy and starts to have hope again and that seems to be directly related to how powerful she can be uh and then the goddamn giant pirates show up. Uh, I am really happy with how things are going all of a sudden. You know, we 
we hit the really low points as is necessary so that you can have the big turnaround. And this was a really big, satisfying turnaround. So I was very happy with this. Yeah, um, this was a crazy chapter with so much going on. It's wild because like, like it wasn't like a theory the Blackbeard pirates or someone using their ship is coming. That is still happening. They're just not here yet, apparently, or something like that. So the GPS isn't working. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't fucking ride around on a ship just made out of logs. But it's one of these things that you look at and you're like, God, this arc has so many things going on. Like it's wild to be like, oh, by the way, somewhere out there, Zoro is still just fighting Luchi. <laughs> And like a death match and Jimbei showing him. Like it's like a thing that's like we haven't really touched upon this mm-hmm. in like five months, but that is also happening right now. Uh yeah. So this was a pretty damn good week of manga, everybody. Yeah. Uh what 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 was your favorite, Quinn? Because I feel like we got lots of good picks. Yeah. Uh, this, week. this is that is a great question. Um I think there were a lot of series that were really, really good this week. Um, I think it's easy to say my MVP. If I'm going to talk about one character who really stood out, it's Toru from uh, uh, Akane Banashi, who was just excellent. Um, in that way, though, Akane Banashi was great. So I can give it char- chapter of the week. Um, excuse me. Undead Unluck was very, very good. Um, I even like, even though I was had issues with it, I liked Kaiju number eight. I thought it was a cool chapter for Reno. We talked about Green Green Greens, uh, Cypher Academy. I think though, at the end of the day, I'm a Mark, <laughs> and it's One Piece. I I just think it was like a really really great chapter with a lot of great emotional beats. I do love like the thing of Vegapunk's speech from last chapter getting kind of finished, where he's like, I can't think of anything worse in the world than you being killed by your own father. Which is why I inserted in a condition to make sure that you can Hell, make sure that yeah. never happens. It's like, yeah, you just scream. You're like, yes. So really, really uh, good one. Yeah, it makes you feel really good to have seen the entire thing between uh, between Vegapunk and uh, and Kuma. I mean, obviously, Kuma's entire story was very important, but the amount of time that he spent having the experiments and stuff done on him getting to see him interacting with Vegapunk and seeing Vegapunk's reluctance to take his humanity away. Uh, that wonderful double-sided speech that they had when it was finally done. Uh, it has a really big, important payoff here uh, in turning the tide of this battle. And then he could potentially die because he did that. Uh, but you understand why he did it. That all being said, um, my chapter of the week is Cypher Academy. Yeah, uh, it's a very sentimental choice uh, because it's the last chapter, but something about it just hits all the right buttons for me. It's just a great seeing all, all these characters one last time in a very nice little send off. Uh, like I said, like when I read the last couple of pages, literally music was playing in my head yeah. because it seems like such a perfect little closing for a series that obviously would have gone on for a little bit longer, at least. Uh, if it could have. Um, but it feels like I'm glad this series existed uh, and that we got to have as much time with it as we did. Um, and I'm going to acknowledge that, even though, honestly, like if I think about the stuff we read tomorrow, I might change my mind. I, I, could, yeah. I, I could go with One Piece. I could go with the Kanebanashi. I could go 
with uh, Cy- with uh, Cypher Academy. It could go with uh, with uh, Undead Luck, but and Blue Box. All of them were really good. Yeah. Uh, and my MVP is Toru. Like yeah. that. That one's a lot easier. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's why I was like, I mean, let me start with Toru. That's an easy one. Uh, but yeah, chapter of the week was really good. And I, I, I do think about that. I, I will think about any time a series ends, I'd be like, I wish this ended as cool as Cypher Academy did. For some reason, the credits really did add a lot to it, where I was like, I just like this acknowledgement of everyone who worked to make yeah. this series and how we got to see it. It's it's just nice. I guess if you were uh, dog shit, maybe you wouldn't be, you'd be like, hey, can you not put my name in the credits? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey not for nothing but can i have my name not attached to tokyo ghost rider paradox whatever <laughs> do we have a uh uh audience picks yeah the audience and me lined up completely one piece okay. as chapter of the week and toru with lined up with all of us mvp guys all right Guys, that is going to do it for Weekly Manga Recap this week. We will see you all next time here at twitch.tv slash RoloT. We record on Wednesday evenings, usually starting around 7.30 to 8 Eastern time. You can also follow us on social media, on the blue sky kind of stuff, uh, and also join us on Weekly Manga Recap Discord. Uh, Through that, you can find the Google Doc, which is maintained by Ninja X3i. Uh, There is also our Patreon, patreon.com slash Weekly Manga Recap, if you would like to uh, help chip in for the show financially and also get some bonus content in return yes. uh, we record bonus stuff uh, e- each month for that we just uh, put up a new episode I, I don't know if it got mentioned i guess it's technically no we actually just would have been the newest uh we we just had a new bonus podcast uh where nick and i did retrospective for some of the or live reading i should say rather for some of the best chapters of 2023 so if you want to you can go listen to that and also there was a a buddy chat episode upload not Mm -hmm. too far before that as well that's right uh we also want to thank uh uh Wednesday Dale Cheddar and Milo Jack Stilitz for creating the opening sequence of the video version of Weekly Manga Recap, which you can check out on youtube.com slash weekly manga recap. The audio version is available in podcasty type places like Spotify and iTunes, and you can see all of our recorded episodes on weekly manga recap.podbean.com, where we're trying to get it so that the timestamps actually indicate where the segments begin and end, but they insert ads into the episodes, well, and so it's hard to tell sometimes. They should they should stop doing that. I, I've been told that I haven't gotten told by like a thousand people, but a few people have told me they're like, I don't have any ads anymore. So I think I did find a way to turn those off. So hopefully the timestamps should be working. Uh, and uh, we would also like to thank Steve Mann, who occasionally does title cards for the video version of the show. Uh, yeah, if you want to check out the Google Doc, uh, there is where we take suggestions for future series that we might cover as a recommendation. You can ask questions that we'll answer on an eventual Q&A edition of the show. Uh, and also, you can vote on like your favorites week-to-week and other stuff. Yeah. Um... Plenty of cool stuff to do in our Discord. It's always a great place to check out. And again, special thanks to Ninja for for always giving us the extra help we need. Um, I don't really have anything else, Nick. Are we are we ready to, to head out? I mean, we we we're getting out comparatively early to what we usually do. No, we're not. All right. Well. <laughs> A little bit. Sometimes we don't start One Piece until after 10 o'clock, and I think this time we started before. It was just a big chapter. 
All right, we got let's let's put the credit sequence up here. Yeah. What was the song that plays through your mind? It's just like a tune. It wasn't a specific song. Oh, it was okay. you know, it was the song it was a song that came from the heart, you know, the manga, the manga loving part of my heart. So, Mine was it's just, raining men. <laughs> okay. Well, uh you know, we don't have to be alike on everything. So, uh <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs>